Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast whose fans are unhappy that their OnlyFans accounts are still showing sexually explicit material. Here are two guys that upon receiving superpowers would only use them for nefarious reasons. Idiots. Matt and Doug. Once again, yet another new voice of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, her heart, her, heart, her heart did not sound like it was into it. Uh, well, you'll understand why when I explain who that is. Thanks to Michelle for, for doing that. But it's me, Matt. How are you doing, Doug? I'm good. How are you? It has been a week. Uh, I will just leave it at that. It has been a week. And well, we'll get into that endo in what's going on. But let's just go ahead and jump right into. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. Not nearly as much as last week. No, not really. Not a lot. Um, I, I berated you for bringing up piston elevators when you were like, I didn't even know that elevators still used cables. And I'm like, what else would they use? And you're like, pistons? And I'm like, pistons? Well, in fact, yes, yeah. there are piston <laughs> elevators, but they only go to about five or six floors. Uh, do you know where piston elevators are mostly used? In uh, personal dwellings, personal homes. No, Minecraft. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that would be why I wouldn't know because I don't do Minecraft. Uh, you had asked about what was the big set piece in the beginning of Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes. There really wasn't one. Because um, in the very beginning, there's the scene where Hunt is getting married. Ethan Hunt, not not his brother Michael, is getting married and there's a nuclear explosion. Oh, yeah. It's like a dream sequence. And then they go right into the trading of the pl- plutonium and there's a little bit of a gunfight. But the real first big set piece is the halo jump and that's 20 minutes in okay with henry cavill where he gets knocked unconscious right okay uh brian keith did play uncle bill on family affair with mr french and buffy who died of a drug overdose when she was 18 and i can't remember what the boy's name was but that was 1966 to 1971 he did eat a bullet yep in 1997, because he was diagnosed with lung cancer. Yeah, he had cancer and emphysema, and his daughter had killed herself two months prior to that. Yeah. All right, so I, when you had talked about uh, just stupid joke that you and your wife had between the two of you, and you, you knew that you'd been together too long, and I mm-hmm. referenced the universal theme, which is... Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, they still do manufacture Actifed. Yes. That's what Wally Shira used on Apollo... To, uh, whatever. Okay. What, whatever Apollo number that was. And I did not I did not uh, research to see if it was used in meth manufacturing. It is. I, I okay. talked to my meth dealer and he told me oh. that. Yes. Okay. We had talked about how it didn't make sense that... Sharky had gone from what division to what division? From homicide to vice. Or homicide. But homicide. A- yes. Actually, listen to this. I wouldn't give you 50 bucks to do anything. I would. Hey, she's yours. Settled. The man with the smiling eyes. Sharky. Narcotics. Uh, vice. See, he was in narcotics before. We were wrong. Okay. All right. And that makes a lot more sense. It does. I, feel, yeah, I don't know why we thought he was in homicide or homicide. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
David Keith. He just it's a, it's Brian Keith actually, I believe. Yes, but who? Which one? Yeah, Brian Keith. Which one played uh, Hardcastle, and which one was McCormick? Yeah, he was. I always Brian get it wrong. Keith. Brian Keith, I think, was Hardcastle. Okay. And then David Kelly or David Kelly, yeah. Was it David Kelly? I think so. It wasn't is no. I think he had like a middle name. I mean, everybody has a middle name, but I think David Hugh Kelly. Okay, because there's also the David. Isn't there a David Kelly that's plowing Michelle Pfeiffer? I don't know. The guy who, know who created Private Practice, I think, and the uh, Dylan McDermott TV well, show. Well, that would be that dude's a producer, David Hugh Kelly or Daniel Hugh Kelly. Daniel Hugh Kelly. Daniel Hugh Kelly, I think. Okay. Excuse okay. Me. Well, I, you know what? I'm going to look it up right now as you as you're moving on to your next thingamabob. Okay, so when when Sharky and Nash were wiring Domino's apartment, we had said uh, we'd questioned the legality of it, and I had brought up how Axel Foley had broken into a place in a Beverly Hills Cop, and he had said, "Well, I wasn't always a police officer. I fractured a law too when I was a kid." That's actually Beverly Hills Cop too. And Doug apparently okay. is not. And it was finished. Daniel Hugh Kelly. Okay. Did you look up who is plowing Michelle yes. Pfeiffer? <laughs> hey, Alexa. No, who's... I did not look up who's okay. plowing Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. Yeah. So um, there was also a thing uh, about convicted felons. Do you remember what we were talking about for convicted felons? And I referenced Major League. No, I, I don't. Haywood's a convicted felon, isn't he, Monty? Uh, doesn't really say it here. Well, he should be. Okay. I don't remember, what, but I just remember it was in my notes to pull that clip. Okay. Uh, the whole Friends thing. What? I, what? Well, we always reference Friends, but I can never remember why we referenced Friends. But this was where Monica was talking about the different different erogenous zones. You could uh, start out with a, a little one, a two, a one, two, three, a three, a five. A four, a three, two, two, a two, four, six, two, four, six, four, two. I'd really like to know what these numbers are. Yeah. Or seven, five, seven, six, seven, 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 seven. She doesn't actually whisper it. No, she just, she just mouths it. it. Yeah. Yes, correct. At yeah. at the end of the the movie last week, where Sharky is talking to UN Jefferson, and UN Jefferson has been shot, and mm-hmm. UN will just not let him go, mm-hmm. and Sharky is getting a little bit. Come on, just let me go. I, I, I it reminded me a lot of this scene. Look. Yeah. Do not underestimate the powers of the emperor. Look. Uh huh. When gone am I, the last of the Jedi will you be, Luke. Right here. The Force runs strong in your family, Luke. Haven't gone anywhere. Don't turn to the dark side, Luke. What's up? You fought Vader too soon, Luke. Four inches away. There is another Skywalker. Okay, see ya. Okay, you can Master continue. Yoda, no! And that's when he steals his wallet. Okay. All right. That's all I've got. I've got nothing else. Okay. 
So I talked about how uh, Jen did a thing that she'd never done before where she was chirping about something and she came out and she was continuing to yammer about something and mm-hmm. she was buck-ass naked. She had her hand on her hip just kind of standing in the doorway. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me, that was a power move. That was an assertion of dominance. Yes. Here's my naked body. And, and you I'm, can't have it. <laughs> yes, and I'm way more powerful than you because I have this naked body and you do not. So you had talked about... um the duck season, wabbit season, duck season, yes. wabbit season. Mm-hmm. It's wabbit season, duck season, wabbit season, duck season, wabbit season, duck season, wabbit season, wabbit season, duck season. That clip goes on for ten minutes. Yes, and well, not exactly ten minutes, but it's long. It is definitely yes. long. And then Daffy Duck says, "It's wabbit season, or it's duck season." Fire, and. I believe that's the cartoon where he gets shot in the face like 20 times, and each time his, his bill is in a different spot on his head. Spins around. Yes. Yeah. And you, you had also talked about you were watching a man, or a man, yeah, a man in the high castle. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about the woman in that show. That's mm-hmm. actually Alexa Davalos, mm-hmm. who was in a few episodes of The Punisher. She was? She was the bartender that Castle oh. was nailing, who got shot. Ah, uh, okay. Huh. Okay. Okay, we also talked about Benihana, the restaurant. Uh, it yes. does still exist. Okay. It has over 115 locations worldwide. That's a lot of locations. Yep. Uh, beepers became common in the 1980s after being introduced in 1962. All right. And yeah, but in 1962, they were like the size of a, a Volkswagen on your belt. Yeah, they were not small. And yep. I could not find an example of Henry Silva playing anyone other than a bad guy. Okay. And the very last thing was, I, I want to change my celeb pick. The celeb pick of, if you, you know, with rapid fire questions, I said, who would your celeb chick that you wanted to bang, if you could bang? And you said Aniston or Reese Witherspoon. Right. And I, I, I missed the obvious one for me. And that's Kate Winslet. And it, we actually talked about her right around that time. Oh, and why Kate Winslet? Uh, you know, she's kind of in my in my zone as far as, you know, who Wait, she is age-wise, um, okay. body type. Uh-huh. She's a little bit more voluptuous. She's got the big knockers. I mean, so I, she's really, and she has no problem getting naked. So, I mean, yes. definitely Kate Winslet for me. Okay. All right. All right. And you have nothing else? I have nothing else. Weren't you going to tighten that one up a little bit, Doug? One of these days, okay. I'll get to it. During my during my slow season, when I have all kinds of time to dedicate to the podcast. So, in listening to last week's podcast, other than a few sound clips, which I pulled, we didn't talk about pooping at all. No, we, we did not. Well. <laughs> when you're feeling blue and there's nothing left to do. You can talk about poop, poop, poop.
So on Tuesday, I was at a customer's house. She had a very nice lady, um, pretty big shack. And I was in the basement, and it was my last stop of the day, and I had to fart. So I oh, went you draw to go, wet? I went wet. I went to push out that fart, and about halfway through my push, I was like, ooh, if I push any further, it's coming all down my leg. And Because and, on the way there, my, my tummy was kind of rumbling, and I didn't think anything of it. I didn't have a whole lot of options. Because I had just gotten there, and I it's not, and it was like I can't just leave. Uh, I can't crap my pants. So there's a bathroom in the basement. She's upstairs. I know she's not coming down here. So I sat down, and it was, it, it was it was liquid. It was it was liquid ass. Yeah. And I'm like I could I could probably sit here for another ten minutes, but I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So I cleaned myself up, and it was pretty stinky too. Took a little bit longer in the basement than I normally did. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm adjusted. I can finish doing what I need to do, uh, and, and I can get home, and I can make it to home base. Okay? So I finish up. I'm walking out the door, and she decides she wants to talk. Um, <laughs> nothing. Okay. Bullshit. I thought it was like, uh, can, can we talk about your use of my bathroom? Your, no. Your following no, of my just, bathroom? Just, she is she is a, a widow probably in the last year and a half to two years. So she's lonely, and whenever I'm there, she likes to chat, chit-chat. But I kind of made it a point of, okay, I need to move on to my next appointment. But she's standing there holding me up on her front stoop, telling me about her new uplighting that she's got, and the trees that she had cut down, and just mindless shit. And I'm just thinking in my head, I'm going to fucking shit my pants <laughs> on your porch in front of you. Was she wearing because a nightie and like twirling like the 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 um the belt of her bathrobe at the same no, time? No, no, okay. no. But uh, I'm like, I'm like, I I'm sorry, I really gotta go. And I got in my car and I may have even squealed my tires as I was peeling <laughs> out of her driveway and made it home just in the nick of time. All right, I have actually three different stories oh. based on that. So okay. first one, I think I've already told. I was at a Christmas party for work one time. And it was, it was just me. Jen wasn't with me and I had gone to the bathroom to take a piss. And what is one of the things you do when you're standing in your urinal taking a piss? You look in the medicine cabinet. No, no, this is in, this is in a, an office building. Oh, okay. But just when you're pissing, sometimes you fart. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I knew immediately. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yep. Can't even say goodbye to anybody at the Christmas party. (laughs) (laughs) I am out of here. And then the second thing is you talked about like a liquidy shit. Yes. Uh, so I have those, but then there's also kind of like that middle ground where it's, it's kind of like tapioca pudding consistency. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And it, at I, least for me, a lot of times when it comes out, it comes out like a geyser <laughs> <laughs> and it like adheres to the back of the bowl. Uh huh. And, and like, you, how many times you flush it like 60 times and it's not coming off? Yeah, it's not coming off. So then uh-huh. you just leave it, you know? Yeah, right. And so I was upstairs in bed and Jen calls from downstairs. She said, can you come down here, please? <laughs> and it's, it's like the, the, the owner rubbing the dog's nose in the piss on the carpet with her uh-huh. pointing at the toilet bowl. You, you fix this. You fix this now. <laughs> You should have been. You should have been like, yeah, I saw that when I was in here. I wonder who did that. She knows better than that. She knows that it's me. But you know, okay. when you were telling your story, I just imagined like the eyeballs getting really large as 
you realize it's like, uh oh, it's it's go time here. Right. Yeah. It was. It, I did, I was out of options. It was. If there had not been a bathroom in the basement, I would have had to have gone to her and said, "I'm sorry. Can I please use your bathroom? I have an emergency." And she probably would have been totally fine with it. She's got four kids. She's got grandkids. She's she's been covered in poop. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last story I have in this particular area is, I, I'm a I'm a consultant, and I've been a consultant for many years, off and on. And one of the things that you have is you will have these account reps, and the account reps basically are the liaison between the company you work for and the company you work at. And a lot of times they will take you out to lunch to just kind of pick your brain for what's going on, if there are future opportunities for other people, so on and so forth. There's this guy who is the account rep that I've known for 10 years. I've worked with at three different places. So I know this guy really, really well. I've golfed with him and everything. And he takes me out to lunch. And anybody who knows me knows if I'm going to be in a car and I'm not in total control, I will not eat. But okay, I broke my own rule. And I went out and I went to this fish place for lunch with this guy on the other side of town. And we're driving back through downtown. And we are good 15 minutes from my office. And that's from him dropping me off in front of my office. And I'm just thinking, I, I, I don't have 15 minutes. And I said, hey, you know what? You know what would be really good for me? Um, it would be really good for me to, to just walk from here. <laughs> As he's driving. And <laughs> okay. I had him pull over on the side of the road in downtown Columbus and oh, let me out of the car so okay. that I could run in a building to take a shit. And then I called him later. I'm like, I have to apologize, but I want to explain. He's like, yeah, that was a little weird. And I said, I was so close to shit in my pants. <laughs> that, and you have a nice car, and I did not want to do that. But could you have just said to him at that point, Hey man, could you, could you pull, I gotta use the bathroom really bad. Could you just pull over here? Well, this was a, you have to stop and you have to stop now. And, okay. And, and it wasn't like, I don't even know if the car was fully stopped when I jumped out and just ran. <laughs> okay. And, you know, we've talked about it and I said, you know, this is just a, people who know me, people who have worked with me know, well, they don't necessarily know why, but they know I will not go out to eat unless I'm going to be right back in the office. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. they think I'm, I'm just that dedicated, but. That, that's all I have for. Anything else for Poop Talk, Doug? No, no, nothing else for Poop Talk. All right, all this talk of poo, I got to go drop a log. Oh, put it someplace I can find it. <laughs> I'm going to eat that guy's shit. So I, I ended that, so you can continue, Doug. Okay, I, this has been a very bland week. It's I am now in uh, the... Fr- I just finished up the first week of my final seven to eight weeks of the uh, pest control season, and it's always the la- the final seven to eight weeks are the busiest. So I'm running hellbent for election. So basically it's work, 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 come home, sit, work, you know, work, work. Yeah, and have a cocktail and go to bed. So it's been a very, very uneventful week. Although um, my missus's father passed away a year and a half ago, and tomorrow is his... Uh, memorial service, finally. Get some closure with this whole thing. Uh, and we have some strangers that are going to be staying with us tonight. Okay? I don't know these strangers. I'm not going to meet these strangers. That's what until... a stranger is, Doug. Someone, yes. Someone, someone you know. uh, because I have to take my oldest to uh, a stargazing event so he can get his astronomy merit badge for Boy Scouts. And we're not going to get home until like 11 o'clock. So these people who are in their 80s we're going to be staying in my guest bedroom. Seashell room? Yes. Okay. Are coming after I leave and will 
surely be in bed by the time I get home. My missus teaches a bar class tomorrow morning, and she leaves rather early on Sunday morning. So I'm going to wake up, and there's going to be these two old people that I've never met sitting on my couch <laughs> when I wake up. It should be interesting. Do you, do you know what the name of Picard's first ship was? No. The Stargazer. Okay. So he said Stargazer, so that okay. made me think of that. Yeah. Uh, normally in a given podcast week, I will be working on the podcast over the course of the entire week. And Doug will send me his clips when he sends them to me. And I will get to them when I get to them. And I know we're going to be doing the podcast at such and such a time on such and such a date. At least I have a rough idea of the time normally. And mm -hmm. I knew that I was going to be out of town on Friday and, and Saturday. And today is Saturday. And I was going to come back on Saturday. So I needed all of my stuff early. And I was working basically up until the moment that I left to go. I, and I'll get to where I went in just a minute. And Doug got me all the clips and I got everything done. So the podcast was ready to go from a soundboard, sound clip perspective. And I knew that I didn't have the open done, but I had somebody do it there. But I, I didn't have the open done, but that, that's easy enough. I can do that in like 15 minutes. And then was it yesterday? We get a text from Doug. You still taking clips? <laughs> <laughs> so I come, I come in hot from this place I was in Indianapolis and I roll in. I start working on stuff immediately and I am working on Doug's clips at the time. I get a text from Doug. Yeah, we can start anytime. <laughs> so if I'm a well, little no, bit you, more you, you, you ready than normal, you, you texted me and said four new clips, right? And I said, yes. And I said, anytime you're ready to go, we can go. So that's a little pressure there, Doug. So. I, there was no pressure whatsoever. But then you're like, oh, I just got to get my cocktails together. And that took you like 15 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Uh, I'll get to that when we get to what are you drinking? Okay. So the reason that I was out of town is I was actually out of town for a wake. Um, family friend um, that I've known since I was probably three years old. Uh, somebody's dad died. And there were three families that grew up kind of near each other in, in Madison. And it was the first time that I had seen some of these people in, you know, a year or two years. There's a couple of people I saw this weekend I had not seen in over two decades. And it is weird when you run into people who know you from your youth and they don't really have much knowledge of you in your adulthood. And mm -hmm. hopefully that you have become a better, more rounded, less asshole person <laughs> than you were when you were a child. But did at the you, same did, time, sorry, go did ahead. You, did you say like when Peter Griffith went to his high school reunion that he was the cowboy astronaut? <laughs> no, I, I did not. I mean, they've, they've kept up enough to know what it is that <laughs> okay. I'm doing. Okay. But, you know, I, we're talking about this and we're talking about that. And this girl who I actually, she went to Madison. She was two years ahead of me. I would say something, you're full of shit. And she would not let me say anything. And to her, I am still the guy that I was in 1993. I have had okay. no growth since then. So, okay. But it still, it was, even though it was a, a bad reason for people to get together, it was a, it was a, it was good to see people and be able to share experiences and stories and stuff like that. Okay. Well, that's good. So back to you. No, that's it. That's oh, all oh I you're, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> like, like I said, it's a very, very uneventful week. Okay. So I just have a few more. Uh, okay. Last week I talked about the elevator at my 
oldest son's college that I yes. got some more details on that. He was between the first and second floor and it fell first floor, ground floor, basement. So three floors. It was the elevator in his dorm. Okay. It, and it is out of service. So he's been having to hoof it up over 10 stories to get to his room and back on a daily basis. So that has to be a little bit uh, trying for him, I would imagine. Plus, plus, he also said he is a little bit gun shy about getting in elevators going up, which I would think would be the exact opposite, that he would be gun shy about getting in elevators going down. Either way, if you're going up or if you're going down, if that cable snaps, you're fucked either way. Well, they have piston elevators there, so. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, so... My youngest son, since he is the only non-adult still in the house, he gets all of Jen's attention. And when we got back from dropping the older one off at college, we were sitting at the dinner table and I looked at him and said, congratulations, you now have 100% of your mother's attention. (laughs) And he had to clean his room and his room was not clean. And I was going to take the trash out and his everything from his room was in this giant trash bag. And it was heavy. It had to be like 50 pounds. And there was lots of square objects in it. And I'm thinking, you know what? I have to go through this because there's probably stuff that he was throwing out that he either didn't know better or just didn't care. Mm -hmm. I pulled about $300 worth of stuff out of the trash. Oh, really? Yeah. And some of it was Xbox One video games still in the, you know, the whole thing, the disc, the... And he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even notice it. Uh, different video game controllers, remote controls for TVs. <laughs> and then, then there was the other thing, which is things that should have some kind of sentimental value. And I'm not like a sentimental guy. I'm not somebody who's overly sentimental about really anything. But there are things like he had a, uh, his school ID from elementary school that he was throwing out. And does it have any value? No. But when he's 35, 40, 50 years old, that might be something that it would be kind of cool for his kids to see. Or And then there was pictures of, of him and his buddies at the Y camp from when he was in fifth grade. So I took some of that stuff out and I just put it in kind of a tote in the basement that will be his when he moves into his house after college. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that hurt me, or I shouldn't say hurt me, but bothered me the most was, uh, you know what cigar boxes are, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Those are pretty cool, and you can use them for different storage things. I use, I have one in my room that I use just for like little knickknacks. It's just like a nice little thing that you can store shit in. And my my dad, so their grandfather, has given both of my kids different cigar boxes over the years. And some of these are, you know, just run-of-the-mill, but some of them are very nice and probably actually worth some cash. And one cigar box I had actually given to him was one that I'd gotten from the cigar festival I went to. And it was, it was like a, a $50 box just for the box, not even including the cigars. And he threw all this stuff out. So I pulled all that out and I'm like, if you don't want it, I will keep it. But I would think that he would know just given the, the state of his grandfather that he might want to hang on to things that he had gotten from him. But you know what? I think, I don't know if it's, just kids that age or if it's this generation are are not into things that are sentimental. Okay. I really, it's, it's, I, well, I asked him about it and uh, you know, all this stuff that you're throwing away, some of this stuff is worth money. He's like, I just don't care. Yeah. Well, that's, that's being lazy. 
and he also said, I didn't really look at everything I was throwing out. That is the lazy oh. part. So, so just to end this, this section on a, a better note, I was at the gas station because I had to gas up the van to uh, my parents' van so I could drive uh-huh. them. And the that was free hugs and, the free yeah. hugs and kisses van. No, it's, it's not the GMC van. We've, we've had this conversation, Doug, but I, I was at the gas station and I'm filling up and you know, I, first of all, I'm almost 50. I look, I'm not an attractive man. <laughs> Nobody's going to look twice at me, but I still will notice attractive people at the gas station. And there is a woman who is filling up gas, and she is in my favorite attire for being out in public, which is yoga pants. Yoga pants. Yoga pants. Okay. Camo yoga pants. Just mm, sweet ass. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Sure, she wasn't wearing panties because there's no way that I wouldn't, you would have seen panty lines. And then she turns and, yeah, she's like eight months pregnant. (laughs) Oh. Okay. So. Very nice. Matt's got a thing, apparently. <laughs> yes. Matt, Matt likes the pranks. Okay. Ready to move on to the next segment? <laughs> I am. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. All right. What did I say to you that I, w- I told you I was very excited about this week's sound clip? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. You weren't paying attention. No. Okay, so you're either you're either going to get it or you're not. Spiner. Yep. And and if you don't get it, you're going to be really pissed at yourself. I mean, really pissed. Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay, you're right. I'm going to be very pissed. Yeah, yeah. Can I give you a hint? You can give me a hint. Okay. Probably you and I and maybe one other person who has emailed this show wouldn't know what that sound clip is. What size do you want? I want the biggest one you got. The M5, boss? Oh, God. Yeah. You don't Seriously? want that one. He wants it. You don't want no, that Nobody's going to get that. Nobody's going to get that. The M5 sexual device? You don't want that one, kid. Yes, he does. I just watched this movie. The M5's the greatest sexual device ever devised. I want, want the one. M5! Yeah, that's, that's, that's the party what, animal. 1984's the party animal. So, so have you decided we're going to do that one in the future, Doug? No, probably not, because the hound dog was going to get that pussy. Yep. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's a problematic film. Oh, oh uh-huh. that is the other thing. So we were the kids, and by kids, I was the youngest of them from these families. We're, we're sitting around this table, and we were just shooting the shit, and we were talking about different things, and I didn't bring it up. Somebody else brought up the problematic movies of the eighties. Mm-hmm. And I was in talking about things in revenge of the nerds in the breakfast club and talking about all the, and I said, you know what the movie that's really surprisingly progressive for the eighties is no, what Porky's and nobody would buy it. Nobody would actually listen to me. And they're like, I want to hear why Porky's is a progressive film. And I stand by that. I stand yeah. by that. 
Yes, I, I, I stand by it with you. Okay. Okay. I'm so proud of thee. Come on. Now it's time for me to jump the show. Slip it down and swallow it good because I'm so thirsty. All right. My week. I go first. Um, I am drinking a bubbly bounce caffeinated sparkling water triple berry. Because if I have a beer right now, everybody know that we're doing this podcast in the middle of the day on a Saturday. And like I said, I have to go to the stargazing event. I will be sleepy. So here we go. Mm, so good. Do you know what um, Riker's first ship was called? The Phoenix? Close, the Pegasus. The Pegasus. The Phoenix okay. was the ship in First Contact. I okay. Think. I'm pretty sure. Okay. All right. So I am actually in... I, I cannot find my bottle opener, which will be a problem here in a second. I am doing something a little bit different here for my drink, and I am doing a shot of Maker's Mark. Mm. Um, a and, shot? Yes, a shot. Why a shot of Maker's Mark? Because, um, so my dad and his two friends, and actually one other guy, um, two of which have now passed, they were big into whiskeys and bourbons and going down the bourbon trail and they all had personalized casks in uh, the Maker's Mark distillery. Mm-hmm. And I actually have one too. But they ha- have actually been to the Maker's Mark distillery and had, they poured it themselves, their own bottle from their own cask at the Maker's Mark distillery. And starting with the first one who passed and now with the second one that passed, when everybody gets together, you have a shot of um, Maker's from the bottle that they had poured from their cask. Mm -hmm. And so I am, this is a shot. It means nothing to anybody besides me, nobody that listened to this podcast, but this is for Dan and Pete. (sighs) I could light stuff on fire right now. Yeah. Wasn't that like uh, Colonel Potter? Bunch of his World War I buddies, they found a bottle in France and... When the last one died, the, the last one who was alive got to share it with his new friends. Yeah, it could be. Or that could yes. just be horse pucky. I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. He was very angry. He was very, very angry all day. And nobody could figure out why he was angry all day. And then he brought everybody into the tent and, and they shared the bottle. Oh, I thought that was <clears throat> Picard being angry because his brother died. <laughs> that could have been it, too. Okay. Sorry, right. I, I, don't, I think that's it for Star Trek references I have. Yes, okay, okay, so it's time for the movie. I gotta say, I'm, I'm very happy with this song bed. Um, probably my best work. Uh, good launch angle, good trajectory, very good distance, could not stick the landing. It's the dead zone. It's the dead zone. It's the dead zone. It's the dead zone. We were teachers at the local high school Holding hands in the hallway was super cool You found a place into my heart I wanted to be a gentleman right from the start Some good things are worth the wait So I was gonna go home and masturbate A milk truck hit me in the head I was driving but I should have been with you instead 
in bed. In bed. In bed. In bed. From a coma. Now I've got powers. Well, don't you know? Uh, I can see the future and past. Not sure how long they are gonna last. There's a dude named Greg Stilson. Pretty sure I'm gonna have to kill him. I woke up from a coma. And now I've got powers. Yeah, see the landing. You're, you're missing the, the button. The button is just not quite there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this week we are doing The Dead Zone, released October twenty first, nineteen eighty three. Had a budget of ten million dollars, grossing nearly twenty one million dollars. Had a ninety percent Rotten Tomato critic score and seventy six percent Rotten Tomato audience score. Score directed by David Cronenberg, best known for *The Fly*, *Scanners*, and *A History of Violence*, adapted from the Stephen King novel of the same name, starring Christopher Walken as Johnny, best known for *The Deer Hunter*, *Batman Returns*, and *Pulp Fiction*. Brooke Adams. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I thought that's where you wanted this. Yeah, yeah. We hit it. In one place, he knew he could hide something: his ass. Five long years he wore this watch up his ass. Then he died of dysentery. Give me the watch. I hid this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass. Two years. Walken was also number two in line to play Han Solo. I'm captain of the Millennium Falcon. Chewie here tells me you're looking for passage to the Alderaan system. Isn't that, um, who is that playing Walken there? Is it who I think it is? Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I don't think you're, we're allowed to play that clip. <laughs> yeah, he, the Jay Moore is does the best Christopher Walken. You got Kevin Pollock, Kevin Spacey, and uh, Jay Moore. Jay Moore by far has the best. Can, can, can you do a walk-in? No, I, I no. I tried this week. I so did. Yeah, so, no, I, yeah, I, I, no, I can't. Do I, it. I'm I can't. like, I'm not. I'm not even gonna. I'm gonna. The ice is gonna <laughs> break. You know the sad it's thing. Gonna, That's better than mine. <laughs> it's it's gonna. You always got to follow up with a whisper. We were, I, would, I would pause the movie and I'd try to redo a line. Yeah, I, know. Like, I, I can't get it. I can't, I can get the cadence, but I can't get the, the, the timber and the, uh, no, I just, I couldn't do it. Right. Okay. Also starring Brooke Adams as Sarah, best known for Invasion of the Body Snatchers and a bunch of one-time roles on sitcoms. Tom Skerritt as Sheriff Bannerman, best known for Contact, Alien, and Space Camp. Martin Sheen as Greg Stilson, best known for Apocalypse Now, The Departed, and The West Wing. Do you know who Stephen King wanted for the role of Johnny? Oh, no. Bill Murray. Oh, actually, I did read that. I did read that. Okay. All right. And now it's time for... Welcome back. You've been on this show before. Welcome back. How many times does this make it? Right, so I, this is one of the things where if I had more time, I actually would have went back and looked at the cast, but mm-hmm. I, I did not do that. I, I'm, I think I'm missing one, if not two, but I'm going to say it is two. And I'll tell you the two that it is. It is mm-hmm. Martin Sheen from Wall Street, mm-hmm. and then Tom Skerritt at two point five from Top Gun, and then archival stuff for Aliens. Yeah, and that's it. How about that? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so 
let's start talking about the movie. Uh, this movie takes place in Newcastle, Maine, which is where a lot of... Uh, Castle Rock. Castle... Why do I have Newcastle? Castle Rock, uh, where a lot of the Stephen King novels take place. Uh, we, we open with still shots of random parts of the town. And the, the way the credits are done, I, I knew what it was, even though I'd never seen... Yeah, you forgot to ask that. Um, I had never oh, yeah. seen this film you, before. You never saw you never saw this film. I saw it in the theater, and then I've seen it many times. Um, and in fact, when we would go rent DVDs, I actually rented this DVD when my in-laws were staying and watched it with them. Not sure how they were going to react, but they really liked it. Because this, you think that this is a scary movie? It's not. No, it's, it's not. not. It's a drama or a thriller. And you know, you, you I think you mentioned Dino De Laurentiis, who is huge yes. in the eighties, and then Cronenberg, who does some weird shit. But the thing you didn't mention is Jeffrey Bohm. Who's Jeffrey Bohm? He is the one who wrote the screenplay. Oh, okay. And he did Raiders, I believe. He did. I believe so. Yes. Okay. And then also, um, one of the producers was Deborah Hill. Do you know who she is? Mrs. Mr. Hill's wife. Actually, uh, Mr. Carpenter's ex-wife. Oh, okay. So All right. she did the Halloween films, um, Escape from New York, The Thing, and then they broke up. But So mm-hmm. she, she has been, she's actually had more involvement in movies with this podcast than any of the actors. Okay, interesting. All right, so yes, opening credits, so we get, we're getting still shots of random parts of the town, and there's different black chunks that are kind of filling in different parts and then it spells out the dead zone once they're all filled in. Yeah. And I had no idea what the dead zone was and it, it, have you ever seen the TV show, the dead zone? No. With uh, Anthony Michael Hall, I believe. Right. Yeah. And didn't you say that you're like, Oh yeah, the TV show is a continuation of this movie. Uh, I, I could have said that if I did, yes. I, I, I would be wrong. <laughs> yes, you would. Yes, yes, you would. Spoiler alert. I did not want to say anything when you said that last week. <laughs> so, and actually there's going to be a kind of like continuous update of where I and where Jen is as we were watching this film. And despite the fact that she has skipped the last two Matt films, she okay. has not skipped one year films in a while. I do think she is going to skip the next Matt film as well. Um, okay. You will not though. Okay. Just leave it at that. So what is it that uh, Christopher Walken does, and who is he? He is a high school teacher. Right. What? what? And he's, he's, he's an English teacher or a lit teacher because, yeah, he is reading The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe to his English class. Yeah. And he, he excuses them but wants them to read Sleepy Hollow. Right. With Ichabod and, Crane. Yep. Yeah, and a fun fact, the um, – Tim Burton, Sleepy Hollow movie. Mm-hmm. He plays the Headless Horseman. Hmm. I did not know that. But in addition to the fact that he's an English teacher, he has a shitty haircut. Yes. <laughs> and the, the he meets up with his girlfriend. And what's her name? Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> there, there, there's my walking impression. There you go. There you go. That's not that bad. You know, for no. a single word. Yes. And... Uh, they're like walking hand in hand and arms around each other in in the hallway. Yes. Dude, if I saw that in high school, I would have been floored to see seeing two teachers. And how like old is Walken supposed to be here? And actually, how old was Walken in this film? I, 
I don't know. I but I would have to assume that he's in his thirties. Thirties, yes. I, he is a guy that never looked young. I, I think mm-hmm. who was it last week? I said even though they're young, they still look old. I, I think it was back when we did Time Bandits, and I said even in Time Bandits, Sean Connery still looks old. He looks right. young, old, but he still looks old. Correct. And so they go to where do they go? Well, he has a surprise for her, and he takes them to a shitty amusement park. Did you recognize the- that amusement park? No. It has appeared on this podcast before. Uh, it has? Yes. It is the I- same roller coaster that Alex takes um, Michael Douglas's kid and Ann Archer's kid in Fatal Attraction. Are you serious, or is this a Matt lie? Liar! Or the yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because this is in Maine and that was in New York. So. Well, you know that that doesn't mean that necessarily. That's where the locations actually are. Sure, but he's when he's on the roller coaster, he has kind of a weird episode, something going on with his head. Yeah, he was either having a stroke or a spontaneous orgasm, one of the two. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> whoa, <laughs> I had. No, I, sorry, I, I had something to say, but I couldn't even pull it off. Okay. But he, he's dressed like he's in Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. Because he's in all green. It's like right. green on green, which yes. is not right. No, no. But he takes her home in his VW bug. Slug bug. Yeah. Have you ever been in a VW bug? I have not. N- neither have I. And my lawnmower actually has a more powerful engine <laughs> right. than the original VW bug. But they get to her place and he doesn't want to go in. Yes, he declines. They they kiss. The rain. It starts to rain, and she asks again. You know, basically saying you could spend the night, and he says no. Some things are worth waiting for. Better not. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna get worse. It's, oh, come on! Please stop. We just just. <laughs> if you if you want me to stop things that are bad, that'll come up again later in this podcast. But yeah, he says things are worth waiting for, and this brings up a couple of questions here. How long? Would you wait? I mean, as as adult Doug, um, pre mm-hmm. or maybe maybe not pre misses. Maybe it's like in between misses times. You know, you you start dating girl. How mm-hmm. long do you wait before you're like, hey, come on? Uh, it depends on how much I've had to drink. No, <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, serious. I've had sex on first dates or no, gotten sure. blowjobs on first dates, and then I've waited and. You know, when I tried doing the gentlemanly thing and I was accused of being a homosexual. Um, but uh, girls that I dated for more than a couple of dates, I don't know, probably by the, the third date. If, if you're like, okay, this is going somewhere. Well, I mean, have you ever, and maybe this is more of a question for the women you were dating than for you, but have you ever been dating someone and you realize there's not a, a long-term future here? But Mm -hmm. we get along well. This is fun. We're going to kind of like hang out for a bit. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to go away. But we're just going to kind of roll with it as it is. You know what? I think I was more of a gentleman that I would that I I knew that it was not going to go anywhere. And I know that sex makes things messy and makes the break more difficult and messy. So I think I would I just would break it off before it even got to that point. Okay. And this is where I could use the, I'm, I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before clip. Um, yeah. 
there was this girl that I had been dating and I was, I was looking for an exit strategy mm-hmm. and she was a very nice person, but it just, it was never going to go anywhere. And I knew that. And she actually, when we did break up, she broke up with me because she said I had no long-term potential because I was an alcoholic, which is a whole nother story. Oh, is this the girl that had sex with her bra on? Yes, that is her. Yeah, we've, we've, yes, we've talked about this. No, but I don't know if you've talked about this part. Yes, we have. Okay. What, but, what am I going to say next? About with like where you started crying in front of her? No, well, no, no. That's the breakup story where I fake oh. cried. No, no, that, that's a different story. <laughs> okay. She, I was, I was trying to break up with it because I just wanted out, but I was never good at confrontation. And I was, I was looking for an exit strategy, and I knew exactly like you said, if sex came into the picture, it was going to be harder to get out. Mm-hmm. And so. She paged me. This is how long ago it was. It was before I had a cell phone. She paged me and I called her back. And she's like, so I want to go out tonight, whatever. And I was at my buddy's house. I wasn't going home. And, I, and I'm and i like, okay, can I leave my computer here and stuff like Because I didn't want to take my computer, leave it in my car, whatever. And I said, and yeah, I, I start emptying my pockets. And like I'm putting like rubbers down on the counter. He's like, what are you doing? Aren't you going on a date? I'm like, yeah, I do not want to sleep with her. Because I know if I sleep with her, it's going to get more complicated to get out of, of the relationship. And she, she, she swerved on me. Mm-hmm. Because she had, a, she had a rubber? Yeah, she had a rubber. Oh, okay. <laughs> then you can't say no. I thought you've never used a rubber before. What's a rubber? I'm sorry. <laughs> Back to the movie. Uh, okay, so she gives him one last kiss and he goes, I'm, I'm crazy for you. I'm, I'm going to marry you. That sounds more like John Travolta. <laughs> that's the that's the hard thing is you you can you can go off what? off the cliff what? And try and do a Christopher Walken and it ends up being John Travolta. But as they're kissing in the rain, I'm, he gets into an accident, right? That that's what I'm thinking, and it's yeah. it's raining hard, and uh-huh. he he's I'm thinking it's hard to drive with two things. Number one, he is the interior light of his car on for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Notice that. And the other thing is, it, it's really hard to drive when, when you're just got a raging heart on. Right. And your defog doesn't work really well because you're, you're like wiping off a little window <laughs> in, the, in the fog of, the, of your windshield so you can see. It's like in the uh, Blues Brothers where he's on the outside and he's just rubbing it down. Yes. So they have like a little vision hole. And mm-hmm. then, but on, coming the other way is a truck driver. And this truck driver is doing what? He's falling asleep. Yeah, his, he's, his, he's not his, off. Yes, and he, he swerves hard and loses the trailer, and it's interesting that once the trailer, the tank, the tank of the, the tractor trailer, comes disconnected from the cab with all electrical power, all of its lights are still on on the, on the tank. Uh, I, I did not even notice that. And it's sliding down the road like 30 miles an hour, and Johnny swerves but catches the ed- edge of it, and it's a milk truck because milk just comes pouring out of it. This is actually where um, Cameron came up with the idea for the liquid nitrogen truck at the end of Terminator 2. Okay, sure. Liar! I can keep trying. It's been a while. <laughs> yes. But you live in a th- you live in a throne of lies. No, no, you sit on a throne of lies. You sit, you sit on a throne of lies. You sit on a throne of lies. But, but Sarah comes to the hospital. And Sarah. How does he, Sarah, how does he how does he look? He 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 looks fine. No. Oh, you mean because he's got like the whole head bandage thing? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. He's he's a little fucked. This is when he. Yeah, this is at the very beginning. How does he look? How? Do do you have a clip here? Yeah. Not great, Bob. 
Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I kind of figured that that, great, was a, Bob. I, that that would be a given. I didn't this think one's I a whole, had... like, I didn't have prep time, Doug. Okay. But yeah, but what is, what is Sarah wearing as she shows up? Uh, a nighty? I don't know. Well, she's still in her jammies. Is she in her jammies? Yeah. And I actually, there's several points during this film where Jen and I, or I should say Jen and I, but I paused it and we had a discussion about it. Wouldn't you get dressed? I understand it, 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 you want to get there, but how long does it take to throw on something rather than just going in your jammies? Well, Elaine did stop for some juji fruits. Yeah, and I think a guy broke up with her because of that. Yes. Uh, Jake Jarmel. Is that who it was? <laughs> uh, yeah, but he had glasses, which were really, really cool. And they yes. were hard to get a hold of. Yes. Yeah, Jake Jarmel. Because she comes into the hospital chewing on her juji, juji fruits. <laughs> but I but think, fast. Go ahead. I think this is the first time we find out that his name is Johnny. I don't think it was ever mentioned before now. Okay. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, Johnny. We'll do it for Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But where is he at? Where is he being he, held? He's at the wet sack clinic. Wet sack? <laughs> no, no. actually, he's at Arkham Asylum. That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> right. And he's in bed, and he wakes up, and there's a doctor waiting, and uh, he introduces himself as Dr. Sam Wetzak, and he says, you have been our guest. And he is told that he was in an accident, smashed he was smashed up pretty badly and he touches his face and he's like there's no bandages <laughs> but the one thing in five years is he does have a better haircut than he yeah. had five right. years previously right and um he asks why doesn't he have any bandages and the doctor's like well your parents are here and this is when he was told exactly what has transpired and for how long it has transpired You've been in a coma, Johnny. Not a trance. Coma? For how long? We're just glad to have you back, son. That's all that matters. How long? Five years. Five years? <laughs> But the, the thing that happens here is it is very convenient, number one, that the, the doctor happens to be there when he wakes up. And mm-hmm. his parents also happen to be there when he wakes up. Well, okay, so this is explained in the movie notes that when somebody wakes up from a, from a coma for, for a long time, they don't just snap out of it and go, hey, where are my parents? It's okay. Okay, I'm not not doing any more Christopher Walken because I'm just going to blow people's minds about about how good it is. My impersonation that you they they come out of it. They go in and out, in and out, in and out several times, and then finally kind of break through. Okay. Did you recognize the boss or not the boss? The doctor. The doctor. Yeah. Sam. 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 Yes. No. He is the he is Inspector Clouseau's boss in the Pink Panther films with, I've never with Peter seen, Sellers. I've, I've never seen those. All right. Well, they're all sixties and seventies, so none of them are eligible anyway. Yes. It, um, uh, his mom, though. There's two things about his mom, about Johnny's mom. Is number one, she's she's a religious weirdo. Yes. And, and in re- in real life, she's only like four years older than Walken. Well, she looks like an old bag. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, immediately two things pop into my head. What about Sarah and how large would his hospital bill be? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, he asks about Sarah and his mom. What does she do to Sarah? What does she do to Sarah? <laughs> she buddy fucks her. She sluts shames her. Basically, yeah. is what she does. Turned her. She has turned her back on you, just like uh, oh, what the fuck is her name? Helen Hunt did to Tom Hanks and Castaway. Yeah, but um, yeah, he he doesn't take the new the news well, and they actually do a thing which is kind of clever here is. They, they show the passage of time and they show the passage of time by him talking about Christmas time and how there should be snow at Christmas time. And the next shot has snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then I think we're, we are in Johnny's parents house at this point. No, no, no. He's still in the hospital, man. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Uh, it, yeah, you're 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 jumping way the fuck ahead. No, I, I did, in, doesn't say that. It just says because what was on the wall. I thought that's why I thought they were on in his parents' house. What is on the wall? What, a picture of what? Mm. It's one of two things, and I'm not sure which one it is. It's either a picture of Jesus, mm-hmm. or it's a picture of Obi Wan. I don't know which one it is. There is a wooden sailboat carved sailboat that shows up like three or four different times in different parts, different scenes, in different settings in this film. Okay. And I don't know what the significance of that is, but it's not like, hey, we're, we're you know, our budget for props is really low. Let's just keep on using the same wooden sailboat. <laughs> the set decoration. It's like, okay, yeah, we can use the sailboat. Yeah. Nobody will notice. Right. But he's, sleep, he's sleeping and he's got, he's just covered in flop sweat. Oh, yeah. And a nurse, nurse comes in. And he grabs her arm, and he sees a burning room with a little girl. And then this effect was really, really cool. Or he goes, he's he's like Amy, yeah. And she's like, that's my. She's like, that's my daughter. And then the cool effect of he's on, he's on the bed. In the her bed's room, on fire, and the yeah. bed is on fire, and the sweat that is on him is actually fire retardant. Because then the nightside stand, your favorite word. <laughs> Erupts in the flames. Okay, and, but but that's the but the the fire retardant on his face and in his hair and everything actually made it look like he was sweating profusely. Yeah, he's sweating like a whore in church. Is that's what mm-hmm. it says in my notes? But uh-huh. it turns out that the, he sends the nurse to go save Amy, and Amy was indeed saved. Correct. So basically, he has psychic abilities. This is real. I believe I am psychic. My first prediction, I am either going to fly or ruin that family's picnic. Hey, you've ruined our picnic. Psychic. (laughs) I actually, in a conversation I had with somebody today, I I talked about psychics for for Uh quite a while. Okay. And I was amazed at a prominent psychic's lack of ability to prognosticate things that happen. Sure. I will just leave it at that. Correct. So now he's talking with Sam, the doctor, and, and Sam is talk, telling him of a, a rehab, uh, long and painful, but he will walk again. And now Johnny grabs Sam's hand, and we see a World War II flashback. It's, it, in the movie notes, it says that the people are talking Polish. 
Okay. And, and it's, I mean, there's German soldiers rounding people up, shooting people. The town is on fire. Horses are running everywhere. And this exchange happens. Tell me, what, what about the boy? You keep saying, the, the boy is safe, the boy is safe. What boy? You. You are the boy. I am the boy. She saved you. She's alive, Sam. Who? Your mother. You are, are the boy. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I want to I talk to you a little bit about World War II. For a second. Okay. I, I know you will not object to that. Okay. So I am not the World War II historian like you are. No, you're the Star Trek nerd on this show. I am the World War II nerd. Do you know what Kirk's first ship was called? No, I, I don't know. But um, in World War II, the thing, one of the, the last thing I found out about World War II that really, really surprised me a lot was how much the German army was dependent on Cal- Calvary. Mm-hmm. That's one of those words I have problems saying. Calvary. Thank you. Type forces. Yes. How much were they dependent on horses for their war effort? In what terms? Like percentage wise? Per, I mean, just of, like how how big of a deal? Because I, I know that's one of the reasons they lost the war was their dependency on horses with winter and food and rations and stuff. Whereas if it had been equipment, tanks and stuff like that, it wouldn't have been the same thing. But the Allies had little to no horse component to it. And the German army, the Nazi army, had a huge contingent of horse regiments. Well, sure. I I mean, the Germans over-engineered everything. I mean, take a look at their tanks and planes. They were amazing, but it took them forever to manufacture. And they broke down a lot because there were so many intricate moving parts, whereas... With the American war effort, I mean, we just transitioned our, you know, Edsel and Coop, Ford Coop factories into making Jeeps and Deuce and a Halfs and everything else. So, yeah, we were a mechanized army because we had that capability of just machine stamping everything and just bam, 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 bam. You got a shit full of trucks. Why were there so many different types of vehicles in World War II that were tread driven? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I would think because, I, and we'll get to this later, there, there were like motorcycles that were tread driven. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's like I said, that the Germans were. No, no, this was on the Allies side. No, the Germans had one. The Germans had the motorcycle. Okay. It must have just been Allies that were driving them in what I saw. Well, I mean, there's one in Saving Private Ryan where. Oh, Biden, is there? Yes. Ryan. Hops Ribbon? on one, Ribbon, Ribbon? Uh, with his B.A.R. Well, you're not and talking I, about Ryan. You're actually saying Ribbon. I'm sorry. I was Ribbon. making fun of you. <laughs> yes. Asshole. Uh, Is that, to, that's not Giovanni Ribisi. It's the other guy. The other guy from Friends who played the, the psycho roommate. No, that's no. No, that is Mellish. Okay. Ribbon is, God, what the fuck is his name? He's a director now. You've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, the guy who played Sam Malone? Burns, Ed Burns. Okay, okay, yeah. He was, okay. Never. He wasn't driving. Somebody else was driving, a tertiary character, and he was on the back with his BAR, and they were going to try and bait the tanks to come down the street. Oh, is that like were, towards the end when they they were yes. like, they had the bridge, and it was the bridge that 
Ryan yes. fr- refused to leave because yes. he only had like the few guys and they only had, there were two bridges that were left and this was one of them and he was not mm-hmm. going to leave his people because with his brothers gone, these were the only brothers he had left was like the small group of people that yeah. he had left in his group. Yes. And Ryben's like, hey, asshole, we lost two of our guys trying to find you. <laughs> so far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. We're out. We're out. No, okay. Th- th- so, actually, in my notes, it's like, this is when he tells the doc his mom is alive. And the first pl- place in my notes, it says, Walken, really not that good of an actor. However, it does remind me of two other actors. One of them is a given. Can you tell me who the other actor that Walken kind of has some similarities with is? Who? I well, first of all, who's the obvious one? I don't know. Shatner. Okay. Because of the preg- pauses. Yeah. Between, yeah. So that's yeah. one. Okay. So I'm guessing you can't. If you can't give me Shatner, you can't give me the other one either. No. And it, and it takes him what, like, like, I don't know. Uh, uh, hello, a week to get out a sentence? Yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that okay. was, I had to find that clip because that reminded me so much. <clears throat> Of All right, Ross's delivery. Okay, so now Sam calls his mother, and and he dials the phone weird. <laughs> does he? I didn't yeah, notice. he does. Yeah, but he can't call her. Okay. Uh, so, uh, oh wait, 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 wait. It's not normally what we use that sound for, but at this point, Jen stopped me from watching the movie and said, "Can you please, please, please?" Stop singing intros to the movies. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to play out at least this season, and we'll see where it goes from there. Okay. All right. It's what, does she feel like you're embarrassing yourself? She said she can't even make out the vocals, what they're saying sometimes, okay. which I, I try to mix them so that they're – and I, I get it. I get it. I don't have a swinging voice. Swinging voice. I don't have a swinging voice either. I don't have a singing voice. I get that. But that's mm-hmm. kind of like the thing. You stir in. Come on. <sighs> you can do it. Too much bourbon. You shouldn't have done that shot of bourbon. You should have sipped it slowly. It's my speech impediment. Quit making yes. fun of me. Uh-huh. I'm not making fun of you. <laughs> stop, 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 stop making fun. I, would, I don't have that clip anymore. Okay. You know, steer into the swerve. But, um, yeah, the doc calls his mom, but he can't talk to her. No. No, because he feels like what has, you know, what has happened is meant to be. So not only can Johnny see the future, he can see the past as well. And that's going to come into play uh, both aspects later on in this movie. But the, Sam basically says you are either in possession of a new power or a very old one. Right. And the doc also says, you know, it wasn't meant to be in... Mm-hmm. We, we cut to, I don't know how farther along it is in, in Johnny's rehab, but he's now walking with two canes. And I, I know there's a special name for those type of canes, like the, right. the hand things that, that have the, that like the clamps that go around your wrist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's doing rehab with some dude outside and Sarah shows up. Sarah? Yeah. <clears throat> uh-huh. And she talks of, you know, oh, you got a new haircut and you've lost weight. And he's like, well, I'm on a, Coma, coma diet. Coma, coma diet. <laughs> That's and more of a she, dice than it is a walk. Yeah. Oh! 
Um, and she tells him that she's got a 10 month old. And, but even before the 10 month, she says that she says that she's married, which he knew, but she says that he would like her husband. And this is a lot of put yourself in this position. And he actually says it for you. It has been five years for me. It has been five minutes. My feelings haven't changed. I think I have a, I think I have a clip for that. Don't I? Uh, no, the next thing I have is the reporter or unless it's this, please don't look at me like that. All I'm going to do a few, five years of coming, gone for me. It's just about the next day. My feelings haven't changed yet. Johnny. Why did it have to happen like this? Bad luck. You know what she should have done? Hmm. Let's do it for Johnny, man. We'll do it for Johnny. She should have done it for Johnny. <laughs> yes, but she's talking. She basically says that everybody is talking about uh, his power of second sight, and then she drives away. How would people know here. about that, though? I mean, I understand there's a thing with the nurse, but how does that get out? Other, I guess I Castle know. Rock, or yeah, people talk, people talk. But Johnny, Johnny wants to go to the press. And this way, he can put it behind him. Um, and there is a smart-ass reporter there who wants a demonstration, and he asks, this is the first time that we hear uh, the name Stilson. Hey, John, touch my hand. Tell me, is, is my house on fire, John? Do you want me to stop no, this? <sighs> Tell you about your house. Mm-hmm. What do you want to know? Do you want to you know the future? you want to know if you're going to die? Is that it? You're going to die. I'm going to die. You want to know if you're going to die tomorrow. Is that right? You want to know why your sister killed herself. Right. And don't go. It's not all right. It's okay. It's not okay. It's not your fault. I don't know if you'd get where that's from. That's from uh, Goodwill Hunting. There you go. Uh, But his mom and dad are watching it at their house on TV and... His mom kind of stands up and she makes our our ejaculation noise. <laughs> At first, I thought she was speaking in tongues. I didn't realize she okay. was having a stroke. A stroke or something. Uh, but she, Johnny goes to see her at the ICU and she is not all there with her speech. No. Uh, basically talking gibberish. He holds her hand and she takes her last breath. Okay. Mom... Why, why did you have to die? <laughs> it's, it's, there's some good parts to it. There's some bad parts to it. It's, no, there's no good parts to it, Matt. But, Sarah. uh, yeah. Okay. Now it's, now they're talking about, he talks about that there should be snow for Christmas. And the next shot is there's snow on the ground. Wow. Did I and really I, get that messed up? Yeah. You were way, you skipped like 20 minutes of the movie, man. Um, but a cop pulls up. And it's Tom Skerritt. He, he he's plays the sheriff, and he's there with his deputy. And he walks in, and he compliments a shitty-looking Christmas tree. Well, even before that, when when Walken sees that that the sheriff is walking up, what does Walken say to his dad? Uh, I don't know. Holy shit! It's Viper. Viper's <laughs> up here. Great. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah. You gotta do what you uh, can. <laughs> Yes. 
Yeah. The cops are looking for help and it's Christmas time. And they show it's Christmas time because of the shitty Christmas tree. I mean, there's like red tinsel on it. That's like half hanging off. But they reference that the dad says the tinsel was your mom's thing. Yes. He he knows what his strengths are. He knows what he can't do. Correct. And I think this is the first time that Castle Rock is actually mentioned. Okay. And Castle Rock is, as you mentioned, it's Stephen King's stomping grounds. A lot of Stephen King's stories take place in Castle Rock. Needful Things. It. It, um, Christine. Okay. I know The Shining takes place in Colorado. Dallas Buyers Club. Um, Dallas Buyers. That's a Stephen King novel? Yeah. um, Saving Private Ryan. Yes. Shut shut up. Dallas Buyers Club. (laughs) The fuck is wrong with you? It was the first movie that came to my head. I do not know why. <laughs> okay. But, but but the sheriff came to see Johnny about the murders and needs your help. And uh, Johnny basically says, you're wasting your time. <laughs> see, that was good. That was pretty good. Was right that, there. Was, that, okay, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. You, you didn't veer into Tra- Travolta there. So No, no. Um But what what is what is Viper, what does Scarrett try to leverage to get Johnny to help him? Um, uh, basically talks about God. Not a religious man myself, I'm sorry to say. But I will say this. God has seen fit to bless you with this gift. You should use it. Bless me? You know what God did for me? What? He threw an 18-wheel truck at me. Bounced me into nowhere for five years. When I woke up, my, my, my girl was gone. My job was gone. My legs are just about useless. Bless me. God's been a real sport to me. The great thing is Johnny's not bitter about what happened to him. No, not at all. <laughs> He's taking it like a sport. <laughs> right. But the sheriff leaves and his father consoles him. And Johnny wishes his mother was there to talk to him. And he he doesn't want to talk to his dad about what the power is or how how the power feels. But he, he does say this to his dad about what it feels like when he's having one of these visions. Mm-hmm. When it happens, when the spells come, it feels like, I don't know, it feels like I'm dying inside <laughs> it's like I, it's like someone doing an impression of him yes, i don't know it feels like i'm dying inside is that like russian christopher Walken? <laughs> did you yes. notice no you didn't because you don't have facebook in the the little you know plug for the fact that we were doing this movie i said uh shine up your impressions or polish off your impressions and i did not yes. think it would go this way but yes. what happens a few days later Sarah shows up. Sarah? He sees her show up, and he hangs up his cane, and she brought the kid, and the kid falls asleep, and what do they do? Wait, wait, wait just back back up, but, just, just a second okay. here. As she pulls up, my first thought is, assuming that he is not using any kind of protection, is, is he going to have a vision when he's banging someone? Oh, wow, you know what? Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's probably says a lot about you and a lot about me. Nothing good <laughs> okay. about me, though. Yes. But uh, the dad isn't there. And mm-hmm. after she puts the kid down, I 
is she coming on to him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, because she starts taking her top off. Yes. And for some reason, I, I recalled that she got naked and we saw her boobs. Um, but nope. we don't. Nope. No. And no. And honestly, but, does her husband know where she is? Or is she just seeing a guy she knew from her past without telling her husband? Honey, I'm going to the IGA and I'm taking <laughs> little little Bobby with me. And I mean, put yourself in in the husband's shoes, mm-hmm. assuming that she is she's on. You would think that she was probably honest with him because oh, she never thinks he's coming out of this fucking coma, right? Right. So yeah. she meets this guy. And she, by the way, I was dating, or or were they dating, or were they engaged? They were dating. Okay. See, Jen said they were engaged, but okay. No, so I'll, no, I'll, because he he basically says he says to her, "I am going to marry you." So. Yeah, he's. I mean, they're they're fast tracking, but they're not engaged. Okay, so a girl is is dating you, and she says, mm-hmm. "Doug, I I was dating this guy, and he he, uh, he drove into a milk truck, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's in a coma. Just so you know, because you know you you after you get to know someone, you you find out things like this interesting little tidbits about their past. Sure. So then." Random dude comes out of coma and your now wife says, Hey, you know, Jim is out of a coma now. Do you say, how do you deal with that? What, what is your, what is your kind of stance on that? I mean, you can't say she can't go see him, but at the same time, aren't you like, there's got to be some unresolved shit there? Yeah. I mean, it's, it has been five years. So you've, you've built a life with this woman. Right. But I don't even, I, there's no way that she told me that she was going to see Johnny. No way. Right. But because that would just, that's just going to complicate things. That's, that's going to make that dude feel not great. Yeah. Um, it, it's like, it's like a porno with the sex scene cut out. Cause the next thing we see is she's cooking. Yes. And he's holding the kid on the lap, giving him a complete sense of false hope here. And you know, the dad is there and he's brought up a high chair. Yes. And this is, you might be the only person who would get this. Would she be called a coma buster? A coma buster. You know, because he's been in a slump for the last five years. So Sure, sure. But the dad says that it's good to have family eating around the table. Johnny and Sarah kind of look at each other. And then we fast forward an hour or so. And she's leaving. And Johnny asks if he will see her again. Will, will I goes, ever see you? Again? And she goes, not like this. And they have one last kiss. Man, that's got to sting. That has got to sting for Johnny. Yeah, this because is she one gave, of those. She, yeah, she filled him with all kinds of false hope. And he filled her too. Yeah, yes. But yes. <laughs> is what she did wrong? Yes and no. I mean, it, it's not black and white. I no. I, th- I think there it, there's a discussion to be had there. And this mm-hmm. is one of those times where... Jen and I paused it and we talked about it of what it means. And so completely outside of the movie, but tied into this very part when, when we were sitting around talking the the kids yet last night, we were talking about, you know, your, your planning for your future. And I don't want to get too much into your stuff. Cause I know you're a lot more private about your, your things than I am, but I have a living well. Um, Jen and I both have like, you know, all of the contingencies put in place for, 
if one or both of us die and things mm-hmm. like that. I'm assuming that you would have certain of those things in place as well. Uh, it's written on a napkin and I keep it in my gun safe. Is, is that notarized? I, I'm not sure if that's legal. <laughs> Will that hold up in court? One of the kids, one of the kids witnessed it. Yeah. They, I think they, they I made, saw him write that. They made their mark like a little X. <laughs> okay. Yes. But one of the things about that is, and I've, I have talked about this on the podcast, but it ties in here. If, if I die, you know, Jen will get remarried, but we've also talked about what would happen if one of us became incapacitated. Mm-hmm. We've in, had this discussion. Yes. And, you know, it is a, and somebody that was at the table is like, why would you have this discussion? And I said, why would you not? Mm-hmm. Because for me, it is, if something happens to me, I want Jen to, I don't want Jen to die with me, whether that actually be dying, me actually dying or me dying mentally. I want her to, to have a life beyond when I am gone. And I, I don't want her to, I, she's going to feel guilt about it no matter what, but I want to absolve her of as much of that guilt as I can. And then also I want to have the kids know that, hey, this is what I would want because I want her to go on. And this whole thing is, it is a Pandora's box of ethical questions that do not have any easy answers. Correct. Nothing to add there, Doug. Sorry, I no. rambled there for a little bit. <laughs> a little, a little bit. But yeah, it, I mean, it's all. It's. I think it's. It's an interesting, you know, thing that you can talk about. Yeah, I don't think I've had that discussion with my missus. I mean, we've talked about like, would we marry again? Mm-hmm. And you know, our answer. Both of our answers are, I don't know, because I mean, you've got to find that. You've got to find a, the right person. I know some people whose spouses have died and they have jumped right back into it. I mean, in no time at all. And then other people, they're never getting married again. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, she, my, she, my mom just started dating again, six years after her husband died. And so, you know, I, I think that it is, we as hopefully good husbands and good parents, we have a certain amount of, future debt to make things beyond us, either as a parent or as a spouse, better for those that we potentially leave behind. That's just mm-hmm. my thought on the whole thing. But, you know, Sarah says, hey, yeah, we're done. And yeah. Johnny goes back inside. And he sits down and he's watching TV and good old Sheriff is on the television set. However, there's always the hope that uh, some citizen perhaps in the audience right now, might have some information that would be very helpful. My line is always open, and I would welcome any help we can possibly get. Do you remember how bad regular TV was as far as just the resolution of it back oh, in the day? Oh, horrible. Horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. amazing to look at. It's like people watch that. Yes. And that was acceptable, but like before cable TV. Sure. But Yeah, I remember having a 36-inch tube TV and going, this is awesome. 36 inches. Yeah, man. And then getting a DVD player and thinking how, look how clear it is. Oh, listen, listen to the sound. It's so much better. Oh, well, the sound was like the thing for DVDs that was night and day difference because you had your 5.1 discrete channels. Mm -hmm. But the the sheriff kind of gives a little bit of an exposition about the series of killings that has happened. And 
are these killings referencing anything in any other Stephen King book, or is this just completely contained within the dead zone? I, I've never, I've never read a Stephen King novel before. Okay. Uh, um, I've seen most of the movies. Okay. If, if, if you have to, if you want to pick one and it's not that long, mm-hmm. one Stephen King book, that is the best one. Mm-hmm. Dallas Buyers Club. But, um, okay. There have been how many killings over how long? I don't know. This is your movie. Nine <laughs> killings over three and a half years. Okay. And the last killing was a couple months ago. Yes. But for some reason, John, and maybe it's because he got laid or because he's now flying solo because Sarah says this shit ain't going to happen. He's now going to help the sheriff. Well, I think he feels like, okay, this is the right thing to do. I have this gift or a curse, but if I have it, I might as well put it to good use. So they're in a tunnel. And that, by the Uh, way, that tunnel... That is a cool looking place. It is. It is very cool. Yeah. I think that was in a Star Wars movie. Um, and he's with the Blues sheriff. Brothers. Yes. And, um, there's, they're, they're talking about the spot where the killer was waiting for this victim. And there's eight or nine cigarette butts on the ground that, so he's been waiting for a, a long time or just hot boxing the shit out of those reds. <laughs> he's monkey fucking them one after the yeah. other. He's like yeah. Chris in the canoe. Yes, and he holds a pack of the empty pack of Marblites in his hand. No, no, those were cowboy killers. That's what, yeah, Barb Reds. You said lights. Did I, say, did I? Okay, I'm sorry. And you know how I knew that I was not the killer? How's that? Because they were a soft pack. They were so, yeah. Yeah. Who smokes a soft pack? Who Always a hard pack guy. Yes. And plus, um, I smoke the, the you know the the healthy cigarettes. <laughs> right, the athletic cigarettes, the ultralights, and he gets nothing from that. But they get a call on the radio that there is another body. And before they go to the crime scene, did you notice the boots that the guys were wearing in the scene? No. Did you notice what they had in the boots? No. Bread bags. <laughs> Shut up. And I know you're off Facebook. People back me up. That was a real thing. <laughs> really? Okay. Yes, absolutely. All right. Okay. But uh, they go to this gazebo, and apparently this gazebo was made specially for this movie in this Connecticut town or wherever it is that they shot this. And once the movie was done being shot, the, the local people were like, will you please tear that thing down? We hate it. And all kinds of people were going there to have like wedding pictures taken and prom pictures taken. And the gazebo is still there. It's still standing today. Yeah. Um, I actually thought it was going to be Sarah that was the next victim. Okay. But the deputy, Dodd, knows who it is. Yeah. And He's got a good Johnny, idea. <laughs> yeah. Johnny goes in and he takes off her glove and holds her hand. And we get that, that noise and his, his head kind of shakes. And I'm not shitting you. The director, this was Walken's idea, was actually in the background shooting a gun into the air <laughs> for, for him to get that reaction. But isn't, isn't Johnny contaminating the crime scene here? <laughs> Well, he was, yeah, of course he is. I mean, but if this is going to be, a, you know, a way to solve the crime, okay? So he has a vision, and he's like, she knows him. That was good. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't, we see the the victim is standing in the gazebo, and she's looking down, and we see 
a guy from the back. We don't know who it is yet. And I thought it is one of two people. It is either the deputy or it is Sarah's husband. It's one of the two. Okay. Yeah, because he's just like, hey, come on up here. And he, so Johnny's in the gazebo during the day watching this transpire. And the, the, the perp slugs her and then pulls out a pair of scissors and basically goes to town on her. Uh, and opens up her bra and yeah, dead boobs, but they're still boobs. Yep. So would that have counted if he had not actually taken the bra off? Because you, I mean, that bra was pretty sheer. Yeah. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't count, man. Just like you in the right stuff, it doesn't count. Or she had, King Kong. She had pasty. Yes. Yeah. No. No nipple in King Kong either. You can see um, a nipple in King Kong. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm, but do I? Don't I have a clip for what happens in the gazebo? Oh, when John realizes who the killer is. Yes. yes. You all right? John, give me a hand. I saw him. I was there. I saw him. I stood there. I saw his face. Who? I stood there and watched him kill that girl. God. Wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you saying? I did nothing. I stood there and watched him kill that guy. What are you talking about? God. I stood there. I did nothing. God. Now, are we supposed to believe that Johnny, through his powers, can change the past? Because he says he did nothing. Well, because he's, this is, I mean, this is the first time that he's had a vision like this. Okay. And, okay. and probably, probably kind of freaking out like, yeah, I did nothing. I did nothing because I couldn't do anything. Probably wanted to do something or was probably so freaked out, froze like a deer in headlights. I wanted <laughs> to do something. Yes. But the sheriff calls for Dodd and another deputy comes up and he's like, uh, hey, sheriff, uh, Dodd just took off in your cruiser. Uh <laughs> And they go to Dodd's house, just Johnny and the sheriff. Why the fuck would they not have backup? Well, this is Castle Rock. I mean, the only backup he could call is Dodd. No, there's another deputy there. Okay. Yes. Okay. So they knock on the door. The mom answers, and she goes, he's not here. And he's like, I saw him in the window. (laughs) But the sheriff forces his way in. Yes. And then John grabs the mom's hand. Right. But before that, we see Dodd is naked, and he goes into the bathroom. He was jerking off. (laughs) And he puts on his raincoat, the raincoat that he was shown when he murdered the chick. Okay. And this is then, yes, Johnny grabs his mom, the mom's hand. You knew. The devil? Everything is the devil to you. So, yeah. And they, they go to search the house. Not mm-hmm. a big house. No, it's not. It's it's some tight quarters. They both go upstairs. And now, this is the part when I remember seeing this as a kid. Freaked the shit out of me. That this, yeah. Dodd, Dodd positions this. Well, first, he dips them in 
whatever, like when you go to, went to the barber shop as a kid, Barbasol scissor, or, or it, it's yeah. like the green, the green liquid blue. that this is. It's blue. Is it blue? It's blue. Yeah. Okay. And takes him out of there. Uh, cause you know, he doesn't want to give himself an infection. Yeah. It, it, this, I'd never seen this before, but what you're talking about is probably how I felt about how the, the scene in Sharky's machine with the fingers. Okay. Where it's kind of, you, you know, it's coming because you've seen yeah. it before and you're just kind of, you know, you have that, that cringy feeling for it. Yes. But he positions the scissors basically so they're open and both parts of the, both parts of the scissor are pointing towards them. He opens his mouth and puts his hands behind his head like he is going to force fuck <laughs> those scissors into his mouth and through the back of his brain. Yeah, and, and maybe it's because I was trying to get away from the fact that this was a very disturbing image, but I noticed that it's really weird wallpaper and decorations yeah. for a grown yeah. man to have. Yes, well, he's, I mean, serial killers, I don't know. They they I, they have issues, man. Um, but yeah, they're in his bedroom, they kick in the bathroom door, and yeah, he did himself in, and he's sitting there twitching in the bathtub. And I want to say that that was probably the first time that I saw a dead body in a movie do that twitching yeah it was i mean it's usually you're dead you're dead especially yeah. in a film like this this and honestly this is probably more of a realistic depiction of what would be happening if that had played out that way because mm-hmm. you are not it, it's not tv you get shot you are instantly dead it's like there right. is that period of time where you're dying that is yes. captured here yes the death spasm uh but the mom gra- grabs dodd's gun Shoots Johnny and the sheriff blows her the fuck away. <laughs> you shot me, you <laughs> cunt. <laughs> that wasn't bad. I'll take that one. Yeah, yeah, you'll take that one. Okay. Um, but there was an but, obvious blood pack um, on the mom from oh, where yeah. the sheriff. Yes. I mean, you could just see that block before she sure. gets shot. Sure. Um, but now Johnny time living, jump here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Johnny is living in a new house. Uh, Sam goes to see him. There's a big sign across the street from Johnny's house that shows Martin Sheen's character, Greg Stilson. It's being erected. And he's like, how'd you find me? <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, and this comes up because I knew Martin Sheen was, was in this. And then mm-hmm. Martin Sheen's character gets introduced and they show the pictures again. I did not know that is the worst painting of Martin Sheen ever. Oh, is it? Is it it does not look like him at all. Other okay. than it's a white dude. Okay. It might as well be me. It does not look like Martin Sheen at all. Okay. But yeah, his, his father told him, told Sam, uh, told him that he moved into a new town and hey, how's the bullet wound? And he's like, went right through me. Um, it went straight through. <laughs> you have too much, like, like you're having something injected into your penis, <laughs> in your voice. What you doing? I don't know what that sounds like. I guess that's a dumb thing. So. Okay. But uh, Sam asks him if the headaches are getting worse and that he brought him new meds. And he's like, no more pills. And then Sam explains what's really happening to him. No, no more, no more pills. Takes time to recover. The healing process is slow, I told you many times. I'm not getting better. I'm getting worse. Isn't that right? And the the doctor has actually looked into Sam and his powers and his symptoms. How, how did he do that before Google and WebMD? 
Uh, medical journals. I don't know. Um, but, but Sam but, tells him this is kind of what's going on with you. Now listen. In the last few months, I've done some research into the area of psychic phenomena. Several cases, such as yours, have been documented. I was I was surprised to discover. And the pattern is always the same. As the spells, the, the visions grow stronger and more powerful, so the body weakens. But the, the doc thinks he can stop what is happening, and he wants Johnny to go back to the clinic with him to be in a controlled environment. And he's like, I am in a controlled environment. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I, I, I've, I've isolated myself. But he's getting a shit ton of mail. Mm-hmm. You, you think in that those bags of mail that he's getting, he has like uh, psychic groupies in there? That are sending him beaver shots? And yeah, stuff. and panties yeah, and stuff like yes, that? Maybe. Maybe. But um, what is Johnny doing? In, he's tutoring. Yeah, he's tutoring. Mm-hmm. And... A seemingly random guy, and it is actually a random guy, wants John to help his kid. And the guy seems desperate. And what kind of car is this? does this guy have? I was going to say driving, but he's not actually driving. What kind of car does this guy have? He's got a Rolls Royce. Yeah, and the, the thing that was being put up before is that campaign ad yes. of Martin Sheen. Greg <laughs> Stilson. Yeah. And Greg Stilson, yes. And, yeah, he's like, what can I do for you? He's like, my son needs help. Can you help him? Well, I have to meet him. And this guy, Roger, says, well, you have to come to the house. And he's like, that's not how I do it. (laughs) (laughs) And he watches him leave in the Rolls Royce. But then Johnny thinks about it. And then Johnny shows up in the same Rolls Royce. It's a nice house. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. And now we actually meet Stilson for the first time. And he's there with his henchmen. Sunny. Yeah, and I, I get it. He's a politician, and but this guy just screams henchman. <laughs> he does not mm-hmm. look like he can be in any official capacity. This no, is a, a heavy. Yeah, he's got the black leather coat that uh, goes down to the hips. Yeah, he just he looks like a thug. And as Johnny is coming in, and Stilson is walking out, and I, I like the way they did this because they avoided the connection between. Johnny and Stilson. Mm-hmm. How did they do that? Oh. When Johnny goes to shake his hand, Stilson actually puts a campaign oh, button in yes. his hand. Yes, yes. And, but Sheen, or Sheen, sorry, Stilson, Stilson wants something from Roger. And what mm-hmm. is it that he actually wants from him? Well, he wants this. Now, listen, Roger, we got a good thing going and it's going strong, and I want you to be a part of it. I need your support. I need your expertise. I need your input. And most importantly, I need your money. <laughs> God bless. Have you ever given money to a political campaign? Me, myself, or me as in my household? Both. No. Okay. And probably somebody that would piss me off. Okay. Um, and honestly, we, we've talked about uh, charity and donations and mm-hmm. things over the last year and a half. My my biggest thing is like ASPCA or pet based charities. Um, every now and then I will get forced to look at our finances, mm-hmm. and I find out how much money 
we donate to the church on a weekly uh-huh. basis. Yeah. Wow, does that piss me off? Yeah. Is it? Uh, it's not. 10, it's not, not tithing. Tithing. You're if, not tithing ten percent, are you? If it was tithing, yeah, there would be a divorce in progress. Yeah, that's ten percent, man. That's a lot of. That's a lot of coin. I mean, we give. You know, we give a good chunk every week to our church. If and, if we know, tithe, we give like two or three grand a year. No, no fucking way. We're doing that. Oh, so that's that's like what we give to our church. Well, if you did the math, I make more than twenty grand a year. That was the joke. Anyway, continuing on. Okay. All right. But we Um, get introduced to the kid, and the kid's name is Chris. And this kid's room is bigger than the house I grew up in. (laughs) Yeah. He's sitting and he's sitting at his desk in a suit and tie. And and what is on his desk? uh, Hot Wheel Track. On his desk? Yep. I know he's got a big train table. And then he has a boombox right next to his desk. And then he has an Apple II computer. Okay. And what is the worst thing about this kid? His haircut? Yeah, his haircut sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got a bad haircut. Uh, but Johnny introduces himself. Your father says there's something wrong with you. He wants me to bring you out of your shell. I don't know what to do. You don't have to do anything. It's my dad that lives in a shell, not me. Burn. Yeah. And the the guy or um, the guy, the father, is impressed with the progress that John made in a single day with his son. Mm-hmm. And then- yeah, but they, he sits down. He sits down on the you know the sofa with him, and the TV is on. And it's basically Stilson. It's a campaign stop, and he's finishing up doing 100 push-ups. That is the worst campaign thing I think I'd ever see. Because to do 100 push-ups, I mean, you're talking like two minutes of just watching this guy do push-ups. Yep. And like, what the fuck is this guy doing? What the fuck is wrong with him? But uh, Roger asks if if John is going to vote for him, and he's like, I'm not even registered, <laughs> and. <laughs> And Roger says, get registered and vote against him. And Johnny is confused. He's like, I thought you were, you know, you were buddies, buddies with him. He's like, ah, that's a thin line. If they lose, they will drag you down and, and seem like you were on their side. Or, or if they win, you want them to think that you were on their side. But he's like, this guy is trouble. He's got trouble. Yeah, he's got trouble written all over him. But Sheen's character, Stilson, is yelling a ton. Who is the guy that, lost his presidential bid because of yelling. It wasn't oh, Gary Hart. It was the other no. guy. And we'll go to Minnesota. Yeah. And we'll go to Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh. that, 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 the, yeah. That is the whole thing. And a guy basically took himself out of the running to be president based on a half second or two second sound clip. He um, uh, became chairman of the Democrat Party after that. What the fuck is his name? Well, how something. But uh, uh, Sheen is she, God. It, see, it says Sheen in my notes. But Stilson is asking all of the people to join his volunteer army to send him to the Senate. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you know he's a politician. We we don't know he's a good politician. He's a bad politician, except for the whole like having a henchman thing. And Correct. then, eh, well, um, the next scene kind of lays that out for us. Yes, he's. 
he's uh, making a late night visit to a newspaper reporter's office. And this reporter is going to run an editorial on Stilson, basically saying, you know, I don't like Stilson, and these are the reasons why. And the reporter's like, how did you get that? That's not e- that's going to be in the paper tomorrow. Well, Stilson's got people everywhere, um, and he makes a prediction about where, what his future holds. And I'm going to win big, and I'll tell you something else. I have had a vision that I am going to be president of the United States someday. And I have accepted that responsibility, and nobody, I mean nobody, is going to stop me. Would that statement qualify as... Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Yeah, a little bit, I think so. So, uh, just question. If you had to guess, you know, I have to label these clips that you sent me. And this was, um, Stilson talks about his vision. What did I use as a picture for this? Uh, vision from the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck did you get that? I, I, I know you well, man. <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing about him having advanced copy, that means he has a mole inside the newspaper. Molly, molly, molly. We just watched Austin Powers 3 last night. And how are they getting the newspaper other than throwing the glass which we heard in the clip how are they getting the newspaper guy to not run his editorial well they have pictures of him banging somebody and that somebody happens to be one of stilson's operatives question yeah is that sarah mm. because no, she no. is one of his guys no or she's no. front and center a lot no. yeah no no, this is a this is a behind the scenes gal. Um, yeah. But no, the guy not, basically says back off, and you, and then the news reporter's wife doesn't have to find out. And correct. And and if he doesn't take the deal, what are they going to do? Uh, they're going to fuck him up anyway. No, they're they're going to kill him. They they flat yeah. out say we we will kill you if you don't take yes. it. Those are your choices. Yes. Correct. Um, but now Johnny and Chris are reading, and they're at Johnny's house. And the doorbell rings, and there's a guy that's going door-to-door for Stilson. And um, he's like, hey, honey, can you bring up some of the campaign flyers? And who's his honey? Sarah. But yeah. but you missed it. The, the the poetry that he's reading with Chris okay. is it mimics his feelings for Sarah. Oh, it does? Yeah, it, it, it's very, very close there. And yeah. they, they leave him some literature. <laughs> Right. And John starts having a breakdown. Yeah, he's he is not handling seeing Sarah and the husband uh, very well. Chris tries to console him, uh, and he grabs Chris and embraces him, and then the director shoots a three fifty seven in the background <laughs> a couple of times, and he has a vision. And what is the vision of Matt? Uh, that is... Yeah. No, 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 listen to me. Call it off. There's going to be an accident. Call it off. We're ridiculous. We always get on that pond until March. What the hell is the matter with you? You want to kill your own son? I'm scared, Dad. For Christ's sake, John. Don't be scared. Just go eat your cookies. <laughs> but then that is Johnny sees the kid fall through the ice. But even before that, the whole hug with the kid. Mm-hmm. A little on the inappropriate side for a tutor. Eh. You know, they yeah. just started talking, but 
walk in. Roger, yeah, Roger has bought all this hockey hockey, shit. Oh yeah, yeah, like a whole van load that he's gonna. You know, he's basically trying to get his son involved, come out of his shell more. So he's gonna, you know, start up a hockey team, uh, which his son is going to be a part of. Yeah, Johnny basically wants him to call it off, and. The, the dad wants no part of it. So Johnny kind of ramps it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of course, I know who you are. You think I'd have you come into my son's life without checking you out? But I hired you for your abilities as a teacher, not as a fortune teller. Now, don't give me any arguments. The ice! The ice is gonna break! I want you out of here. I don't want you in my boy's life anymore. And I don't want any argument from you. I want you to do exactly what I'm telling you now. No, Dad. You don't know. It's not safe. All right. To hell with the the whole thing. Forget it all. Forget the hockey team. Forget the practice. But I want you out of here. Whatever you say. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I'll see that you get your final check. I'm not crazy, you know. Don't let the boy think I am. I'm right about this. But we'll never know, will we? And and what does Johnny do at this point? He grabs Chris's hand and basically sees nothing. Yeah, so he has changed the future. Correct. But his dad still wants to have, after Johnny leaves, he's like, okay, go get your shit on. But have you ever done that with your kids? Where you're like, all right, fuck it. Christmas is over. I'm canceling Christmas this year. <laughs> fuck you. You're going to be an asshole. Oh, yeah. No, one of the things I, I remember from my childhood, and this is such a minor thing, but for some reason it sticks with me, was I was going to swimming lessons on Golden Lake or Silver Lake. I don't remember which one. Whichever one's in Oconomowoc. They both are. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, it's the one by where the Y used to be. That would be Silver Lake. Okay. I had swimming lessons on Silver Lake. And wow. my dad was dropping us off. My mom was picking us up. My dad's like, hey, you guys want to go to Great America tomorrow? And we were in third grade, fourth grade, something like that. Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Cool. And we were so pumped. And we do our swimming lessons. We're trying extra hard to get our certification, whatever it is we're working on. And my mom picks us up. And she drives us home. And run in. It's like, dad, so when are we leaving for Great America? Like, yeah, I decided we're not going to. So, <laughs> that's me that's, and, I, I, and it wasn't intentional I think he just changed his mind but yeah, to me like, that was like crushing that, yeah. that I mean it is 30 some years later and I still remember that shit okay hey is it, I gotta go to the lobby man okay so let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby Did you see that girl talking to the cops? What? The girl that was talking to the cops. Did you see her? What girl talking to the cops? Apparently, like, some dude stuck his cock in the popcorn box, and she freaked out. (laughs) See, it all ties back together, Doug. Okay. But, yeah, uh, the dad wants to go forward with the hockey thing. did, Did you get anything at the lobby? No, I did not, but apparently you did. <laughs> I got some cool ranch Doritos. The, John picks up a paper, and it shows that two drowned, two kids drowned in the hockey accident. Um, mm-hmm. 
and but one of them was not Chris. Right. And his, his and then um we go to well no, he goes to the phone. Yeah, he goes, I I need to make a phone call. Okay, Vinny Barbarino. <laughs> what? Where? <laughs> so then you say when and then I say why. <laughs> yeah. When? Why? Uh so he calls he calls Roger and Roger basically is sitting in his chair with a drink, legs crossed, looking very, very somber. And uh Chris goes to answer it and he's like, Who is it? Johnny? And then Johnny hangs up, like, okay, it wasn't Chris. Okay. Yeah, so he 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 knows that Chris survived. And then we we go to uh Stilson's campaign, and once again mm-hmm. his campaign pictures look nothing like him. Yes. And there's a shitty band that yes. is playing at the campaign event right outside Johnny's place. Right, right. And he sees Sarah. Um, Stilson shows up, and they're chanting, Stilson, Stilson. And there's a dude with a disc camera. Oh, God, I remember disc cameras. Yeah, I had a disc camera, man. I couldn't afford one. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I had a 110. I don't know what that means. It is the... um. You know, there's 35 millimeter, mm-hmm. and 110 was probably a third of that. Okay. But um, Johnny is running across the street, and his limp looks so fake. I know. It looks like he's playing hopscotch. <laughs> right. And what does he limp past? Does he limp past Sarah? No, a dog. <laughs> oh, he does? Okay. And John is looking for Sarah, and... Sheen shows up with... Does this goon ever get a name? Sonny. Okay. Yes. And uh, John goes to shake his hand, and then Johnny has a vision of... Yeah. This is long. Yeah. This is is long. So I'm going to mute and eat my Doritos while we're listening to this clip. Okay. (laughs) Do it, John. Say, I won't. Do it! Put your hand on the scanning screen and you'll go down in history with me. As what? The world's greatest mass murderers? You cowardly bastard! You're not the voice of the people! I am the voice of the people! The people speak through me, not you! Came to me while I slept, Sonny. My destiny. In the middle of the night, it came to me. I must get up now, right now, and fulfill my destiny. Now you put your goddamn hand on that scanning screen, or I'll hack it off and put it on for you. Do it! Yeah, the clip's not over. There's just a silence in the clip. God forgive me. Congratulations, General. Complete the sequence, Mr. President. My destiny. Thank you, sir. 
Let them come up. This is not necessary, Mr. President. We have a diplomatic solution. Mr. Vice President, Mr. Secretary, the missiles are flying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, the longest clip in the history of Betamax Rewind. Is it really? Two yeah, minutes? It's pretty damn close. Okay, well, a couple of things about that clip. Okay, the little machine that they were putting their hands on. Yeah, the nuclear like, football. It looked like an Atari. Go, go, Atari. Doug! Well, the, the nuclear football looks like an Atari console. <laughs> yeah. And he mentions to the general that if he doesn't do it, he's going to cut his hand off. In the original script, and I don't know if it was in the novel, but that actually happens where he cuts his hand off and puts it on the scanner, scan his hand. And then Sonny, and this is going to come up later, Sonny congratulates him for basically he starting what? World War III. I had I had a cum bubble. Congratu- <laughs> congratulates him okay. on starting World War Three and destroying the world. Okay, so Sonny doesn't have a problem with that. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. So now we're Sam and Johnny are talking, and Sam or Johnny asks asks Sam, "Would you go back and kill Hitler if you could?" Yeah, and. We have a couple of clips that are coming up here, but I want mm-hmm. to step out for a second, and I want to talk to you about the ethics of time travel. Okay. So you have the ability to go back and kill Hitler. Do you mm-hmm. do it? No. Because okay. Why? You could, you could be giving yourself a worse future. Okay. So let's step forward a little bit. You have the ability to go back and prevent 9-11. Do you do that? Yes. Okay, and I actually, I would agree with you on both of those for, and I don't, I'm sorry, give me your reason for 9-11 before I agree with you on that. Um, I just think that the, the world is a worse place for what America did after 9-11. That it's nothing, no betterment has come from it. But you said you would not go back and change 9-11. No, I said I would go back. And oh, I'm sorry. I would, yeah, I wouldn't go back and kill him. I wouldn't go back and kill him. Okay. I, I agree with you. I think I agree with you for different reasons, even though your, your rationale is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I would, first of all, it's, it's too far back. Um, it would do the whole back to the future. I would cease to exist because yes. of diverging timelines. Correct. Um, 9-11, I would go back because it's close enough that, mm-hmm. The, the changes would not be as large, even though for me, actually it would, it would remove both of my children because I got married two weeks before 9-11 or actually, sorry, a month, a month and a week before 9-11. And okay. But you know, you have to basically say anything that happened post that is not going to play out the same way. Mm hmm. But there is, it's recent enough that the, the, the totality of the change is worth the sacrifices that you're making to lose. Sure. And, and you're correct. And you, you look at, and I, I, we are not a political podcast, but you look at what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And none of this shit would be going on without a 9-11 as a precursor to all of it. The only thing that came out of Afghanistan is a bunch of people getting really fucking rich for selling um, weapons, military equipment. Yeah. The Eisenhower warned us of this. 
the military-industrial complex. So, anyway, back to the movie. But John um, is talking about his vision with Chris. Yes. I saw the boy drown. <laughs> and he talks about how part of it is missing. And yes. I think it's Sam that yes that has this kind of like explanation where we get the titular phrase from. Yes. Don't you see how clear it all is? Not only can you see the future, you can... I can change it. You can change it exactly. Yes, John. That is your, your dead zone. Ding, ding. The possibility of, of altering the outcome of your, your premonitions. But Johnny goes back at the dock and says, Hey, <laughs> you really didn't answer my question here. Right. What about my question, son? Huh? Oh, you mean the one about, uh, about Hitler? What would you do? I don't like the sound of this, John. What are you getting at? What would you do? Would you kill him? All right. All right, I'll give you an answer. Uh, I'm a man of medicine. I'm expected to save lives and ease suffering, and I, I love people. Therefore, I would have no choice but to kill the son of a bitch. You'd never get away alive. It doesn't matter. I would kill him. Nazdrovia, skull. Which means the Vikings just scored a touchdown. Yes. <laughs> so he goes to his father's house. Actually, and... do you know what that means? Nazdrovia, skull? I do not. It basically means cheers. Let's get drunk. Okay. But he's back at his dad's place. Yes. And he gets a rifle from, like, in the kitchen next to the, where they keep the flour. <laughs> and, and, and this is where you are correct and I am wrong. And I know that, but it's in my notes. It says he gets a shotgun, which is not correct. Correct. He gets a, a rifle, which is right. correct. Yeah. Yes. And he breaks it down. And, and how is he traveling? By the bus. <laughs> Are you allowed bus? to have uh, rifles on mass transit? No, you are not. But he's got it wrapped up in a wool blanket or something. I mean, and he took a screwdriver to it. So, he, you know, he took it apart. It's in pieces. Um, and he goes to a building and breaks a window in the basement and sneaks in. And he's asleep in the balcony. Wakes up, and there's a commotion going on, and he is there at a Greg Stilson campaign event. Right. And I, I think you missed the part where this starts, but as this whole thing is playing out, he is uh, narrating. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I even have a sound, gave you a sound clip for it. Yes. A letter to Sarah. Dear Sarah, this is a hard letter to write, so I'll try to make it short. I can't go on hiding anymore. That's what I've been doing. Running and hiding. You know, I had this figured out all wrong. I always thought this power of mine was a curse, but... Now I can see it's a gift. Anyway, by the time you get this letter... It'll be all over. 
You never will understand why, Sarah. There's nobody ever will, but I know what I'm doing. And I know I'm right. Just remember, there's never been anyone for me except you. Just wasn't the cards for us, I guess. I'll always love you, Sarah. Johnny. Stupid Johnny, man. We'll do it for Johnny. And he, as you said, he fell asleep in his, like, he, he had staked out this place to find the best place to basically snipe Stilson. He fell asleep? <laughs> yes, he fell asleep. Uh, but Sarah and her family. You went up. on for 12 pages. <laughs> Front and back. Yeah, you got, you got a turkey baster shoved up your ass right there, Matt. <laughs> Never again will we, if you do another walk-in film, I will veto it. <laughs> I can't even think of another 80s walk-in movie that I would want. There to. has to be. Well, is, what, dog, what is the, Deer Hunter? Is that, that's 70s, right? Yeah, yeah, but the dogs, you could do the dogs of war with Tom Berenger. The walk. dogs of war. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Sarah shows up. She's got the baby. Uh, Stilson's there, gives the baby a kiss, and he's like, "Ah, bring him up on, up on stage." Wait, wait, and wait, wait! You're you're missing a piece here. So I am. Yeah. Okay. He's in the balcony, and like oh, people start yes. coming in, and as Stilson shows up in his limo, John is loading the gun, and he drops a bullet mm-hmm. that drops to the floor below. And yes. at, at first, when I was looking at his vantage point from the balcony, I'm like. It's very obvious where he is, but he's actually hidden behind something. What is he hidden behind? Uh, is it a campaign banner? Uh, well, it's like the the thing that kind of like it's called bunting. Oh, that that's what it's called, and it's like the it's almost like streamers, except it's in a form. Okay, All but right. he's hidden, but behind, the, and then yeah. actually, Stilson yeah. shows up, and as he walks in, Sarah is there. Well, he, he, the, yeah, he drops the bullet, and the bullet's getting kicked around on the floor like the uh, the antidote in Temple of Doom. And I thought that was going to come back into play. I thought no, the bullet not. was... No, it does not. No, not at all. Not at all. But he's trying to load the rifle. It's jamming. He can't this gun the will not load. The, 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 the bolt, the bolt is, it won't, won't, won't close, but he finally gets it figured out. Yes. And uh, he's sitting there thinking, like, okay, you know, Pumping himself up, okay? And he stands up, and Sarah sees him, and she's like, Johnny! And he hesitates, which kind of throws off his aim, and he shoots the podium, and then what does Stilson do? <laughs> this is the most awesome part of this film. He grabs Sarah's baby as a yes. human shield. <laughs> yes. And there's a photographer snapping pictures. Do you know who the photographer is? No, I don't. That is Martin Sheen's son, Ramon Estevez. I see you there, Ramon. I see you there, I'm done. I know what you're up to, Ramon. Yes. So he's holding the baby up. Sarah snatches the baby back out of him. Johnny's got him beat it up. He's about to shoot. And Sonny pulls out his pistol, shoots him in the hand. And then shoots him in the chest. And this was awesome. Where there's like a hanging light behind him. Mm-hmm. And it's in slow motion. And the bullet goes through him and explodes that light behind him. That was a cool effect. Okay. And, you know, he falls. 
I'm falling off the balcony. <laughs> okay. But why are there not cops running in here? <laughs> this is a part of it that I didn't understand. There but may have not been cops around. I mean, it's a, it's a campaign thing. Yeah, but for a Senate seat in mm. Maine in 1983, it's, there's not going to be cops. It's, this is a different, completely different time. Um, but Stilson goes over to yes. Johnny, who's dying. Right. I'm dying here. <laughs> that, that, hey, Travolta. <laughs> no, that's, I'm dying here. <laughs> yeah. And Johnny grabs his hand, and we get a vision. And the vision is, we see a Newsweek magazine of the picture of Stilson holding up the baby, and the headline on the Newsweek is, it's over for Stilson. Or no future for Stilson. Right. And there's a pistol sitting on that magazine. And then we see Stilson, you know, unshaven, eyes are bloodshot. He's got, you know, his Oxford shirt is half undone. We see his wife beat her. His, his tie is hanging around his neck. And he puts the pistol into his mouth. Or no, he puts the pistol in under his, his chin. Under his chin, yeah. And then we see the, we hear the gunshot and we see the blood splatter on the Newsweek magazine. Yeah. And I was really trying to figure out a way to work in like a Michael Hutchins thing here, but I just couldn't. There's been a bunch of them, but that's more of a hanging thing than a, you know, like the, the David Keith, Brian Keith, you know, eating a bullet. There's a lot of eating a bullet in, in this or eating a gun in, in this podcast. Yes. But But, Johnny says to him, it's over. You're finished. And it's over, Johnny. I, why did I not pull over, pull that cliff? Yeah. Uh, but Sarah goes over to him. Mm-hmm. And they hug, and they have their final words. I love you. I know. <laughs> and the movie is over. Well, no. They have their final words. I love you. I know. <laughs> this is okay. No, I don't have anything else. I sent you a clip, man. No, the last thing you said, the very last thing you have is Ramon. No, I sent you a clip, their final words to each other. Oh, you might be right. Hold on. Now the movie's done. Okay. Now the movie's done. And this may sound silly to you, but kids go completely ape if you do three things in a picture. Defy authority, destroy property, and take people's clothes off. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. He showed boobs. They are dead boobs. Yep. He, uh... No, they were still alive at the time. Were they? Yeah. Okay. He kicked in a window, so that's destruction of property and defying authority. He's going to try and assassinate... (laughs) A political candidate. There you go. Okay. Would you recommend it? Oh, absolutely. I love this movie. Right, so here's the thing. I like this movie. Mm-hmm. It is so thin for oh, how yeah, long there, it is. Yeah. There's not a lot of meat on this bone. There's so little that happens in mm-hmm. how long of running time it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could probably describe everything that happens in this movie in 10 seconds. No. 
pretty close. It, it it's there it is a incredible it's an incredible concept and it's actually executed on fairly well but there is it seems like more should happen for it to be an hour 45 an hour 50 mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, I enjoyed it and i think Enjoy. it actually makes me want to possibly watch the tv show which you know as okay. you know is a sequel to yes. <laughs> the yes. movie it's a it's a continuation yes. of the movie did go. jen like did jen like it she felt the same way I did, where she felt that it's like it was good, but it was thin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I was saying. I'm like, yeah, not because I'm trying to find like clips that, you know, you know, are stupid douchebaggery clips that we throw into the movie. And it was just really hard tying anything to this movie. Yeah, there there wasn't. And, you know, honestly, for me, that was a godsend this week. But there's a a lot fewer clips in this. I think I had more clips last week than both of us combined had for this. So. All right. Would you recommend it? Yeah, I would. I mean, it is it's good. It's a decent movie. It's entertaining. I enjoyed it. It's is it a great movie? No, but it definitely was enjoyable. Yeah. And I feel like it holds up really well. There's not a lot of stuff. I mean, other than you know the old TV and stuff no, but like that. I mean it's a period piece, and that, that there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Sure. All right. Right on. Watch ya. Watch ya. Watch ya. Watch ya. So I started watching the second season of The Man in the High Tower and I, I High Castle, I but still. Is it the High Castle? Yes, yes. It's the High okay. Castle. <laughs> Well, I've got Stephen King on the mind, so the Dark well, you Tower. you fucked that up too. It's like, would you say it was Castle Meyer or Long Castle or? Ca- I don't know. Castleton. Uh, Hardcastle. Cas- Hard um, Cormac. Yeah. And, and I think I'm tapping out. I, okay. I don't. It, it's just I keep falling asleep. It just moves too slow. You know, um, I respect your ability to do that. If you can do that, yeah. That's yeah. so hard for me to do to nope out in a series after I'm you know a season and a half in. Mm-hmm. And there are series um, I wish I would have done that with. Uh, Lost. Yes. How I Met Your Mother. You know, th- those are both series that I should have noped out like around season two, season three, but I, I sure. hung it out for the long haul and I regretted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I started watching Peaky Blinders on Netflix. That okay. was recommended to me by friend of the show, Scott. And the nice thing about that is I, there's four or five seasons, but each season I think is only five or six episodes. It's not bad. Yeah. And they're good. It's well done. It's, you know, the costumes and the sets and everything. That's London, good. right? Yes. Or Birmingham. Okay. Um, I watched the third episode of Marvel's What If. Uh, that one throws through some pretty hard curves at you, so it's good. And then I watched the uh, episode two for season two, a Disney Gallery of The Mandalorian, of how they worked Luke into it. I saw that just um, came out. I have not watched that one yet. Yeah, it's... And I kind of understand because we talked about, well, you know, the deep fake that the dude did on YouTube was better. And it's like, well, also, that was filmed like a year and a half ago. So the deep fake technology just wasn't there as good as it is, is now. now. Sure. Yes. Um, so then what did I have to do? I had to watch the last episode of the final season of The Mandalorian then. And I've gone story. back to that so many times, like the last three or four episodes, because there's yeah. this thing and it is it's a 30 second sequence in a ha- in a half hour episode that I'll go back and find the mm-hmm. the thing where Slave One takes off and 
destroys the TIE fighters with. Yes. I, I went back to that so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really it. You know, a bunch of trailers on YouTube, a bunch of other mindless, useless shit. Have you seen the milk crate challenge on YouTube? No, no clue. Okay. Google it. Okay. It's, you'll be entertained for about 30 seconds and, and shake your head and be like, okay, I've seen enough, but just Google the milk crate challenge. Okay. So, uh, I watched this Apollo documentary on Nat Geo. Mm Mm-hmm. Which actually is on Disney. It's on the Nat Geo channel mm-hmm. on, on Disney. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Okay. Um, I watched Drain Alcatraz, <laughs> which actually had very little of the whole draining part. Cause I've talked about the, you know, draining the Titanic, draining the Bismarck, those. It had mm-hmm. very little of that bullshit. It was more just about Alcatraz as a prison, prison and like the escape attempts. It was pretty okay. interesting that way. Um, I watched, uh, I'm keeping up with Australian Survivor. That's another three episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Longmire. Um, and here's one that'll interest you. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but didn't actually get too far into it. Last night when I was in the hotel, I watched Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Um, which is why I kind of was able to reference the whole tread thing with the motorcycle with the allied people. Uh, a lot different than I remember Saving Private Ryan being. Really? Yeah. How so? Um, it's a lot better than I remember it being because okay. I remember it being all about the opening sequence and the opening sequence with, you know, the storming of, you know, the beaches at Normandy is incredible, mm-hmm. but I would argue that the other stuff, the, the personal moments with that group, with Tom Hanks's group is better than that opening sequence. Oh yeah. The, the, the part with where they have to, they're, trying to decide if they're going to go after this machine gun nest or go around it. And they do. And the consequences of them going after the machine gun nest instead of going around it and how they deal with the after parts of it Mm -hmm. and how that sets up the whole thing with the translator and the translator at the end. Yeah. And the guy that the translator lets go. And then the guy that the translator actually ends up shooting. I mean, it's, it's so well put together. Mm hmm. Yeah, it should have won the Academy Award for Best Picture. Oh, come on. Um, the one with Boy. where Gwyneth showed, showed her tits was much, much better. I've um, never even, what is it, Saving Shakespeare or Fucking Shakespeare or... A Shakespeare in Love. There you go. Yeah, yeah I've, I've never, never seen it either. It. I boycotted that movie specifically because Weinstein muscled his way into the Best Picture. Uh, I've watched, um, I have a couple episodes left of The Bad Batch, the first season. Mm-hmm. I'm getting closer to the end. I actually traded some text with you, which you mm-hmm. failed on. <laughs> I did? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you got called to task on that pretty hard. Yeah. By launcher. Oh, well. um, and then I watched a Disney special on Star Tours. Okay. Do you, do you know what Star Tours is? <sighs> what? Is that the one, Star Tours, is that the one where you sit in the capsule with like eight other people? No, it's like 25 other people, but. Okay. It's like the huge Star Wars ride that's motion controlled. That is, I don't even think it exists anymore. No, it does. I, I wrote it like less than four months ago. Okay. It's been totally updated, but um, it was oh, it about the whole introduction of it and then how it's evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. And do you know who Dennis Muren is? Uh, he's a. FX guy. Isn't yeah, he? who's won like nine Oscars. 
Yeah. They had like a current interview with him. Wow, does he look old as fuck? <laughs> well, I mean, he's yeah, he's an old dude. So, yeah, he looks old. And so that and and Big Brother. So. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So I think it's my week, right? Yes, it is. Matt's got a question for Doug. Matt's got a question for Doug. Matt's got a question for Doug. Answer it. I actually referenced this in the opening I wrote for last week's podcast. Okay. What was and what is your signature move? Or do I have to come up with something else? Is, is it hitting a little too close no, to home, Doug? No, man. It, 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 you know what? All women are different. True. And, and, um. Yeah, but when you're out there and you're in the game, you, okay. you don't know what is going to be for this one, for that one. When you are hitting on a one to one basis, you have to have your go to. You, you got to have your fastball, your number okay. one, your give her the heater, Ricky. Okay. Uh,. You mean like the warm them up or? No, see, that's what? you. What I mean, what was your? In is your signature move heating them up? Is it pull them across the finish line? Any other mixed metaphors for sports? I yeah, mean, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, heating them up. I you know, you, you find the little man in the canoe and you put your two fingers on either side of that and you kind of rock back and forth and, and you're real nice and gentle and then you go in and you hook the G. I had a girl that. I, that she requested this because I did it to her once where I was doing that with my fingers and hooking the G at the same time. And that got her off every single time. And she's always like, she's like, could you do that thing with your fingers? Like, yes, <laughs> I can. Yes, I can. Um, I don't know, man. It's, I don't, I guess I really never had a move. I mean, you know, I know my missus is never disappointed. Um, oh, see my, my Jen is disappointed constantly for me. <laughs> really? Oh no, no, it's, well, I mean, sometimes, most times, twice. Every once in a while, three times. Yeah, but I mean, you got youth on your side. I don't have that. She's not that. There's a ten-year age not, difference between our wives. There's not a ten-year age difference. Mm. There's like a six. There's a six-year age difference. Mm, okay. Well. Mm. So this is. I, I said I would tie it back to something you brought up before. Fuck. Okay. Asshole. Sound of the week. Bullshit clip. Um, <laughs> Bob Jansen. Yeah. I'm in, I'm a senior in high school and Bob Jansen is over at my house and, you know, okay. best friend growing up. Yeah. And, you know, we hung out. I drove him to school every day. It's the reason I was late every day my senior year. And I, I don't remember. I think it was, uh, it was late fall, my, my senior year. We were sitting there at my house and he, we're shooting the shit. It's like, Matt, I'm telling you got to try this. It works. It's good. I'm like, okay, feed me. Let me know. So, got to start eating pussy. Because <laughs> okay. I'd never done it before. Okay. And I'm like, okay. So, and this is pre-internet days, right? Yeah. So what are you going to do? You know, where do you find information about that? Pornography. No, for me, I find it from stand-up comedians. Okay. Uh, I think it was Sam Kinison. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know what you do? You lick the alphabet. 
Okay. And he has this whole bit about, and I took that to heart. And that's what I did. And that kind of became my thing. And you know, got to remember, this is 1989, where mm-hmm. that was not as common as it probably is today. Eating pussy? Yeah. No, I mean, I I've been know. out there. I've been doing this, doing that. I mean, the fact that, you know, Bob Jansen had to bring it to me as a thing to do. Okay. You know, I mean, I'd never heard about it from you. Yeah, but you've seen pornography. You'd seen porno movies up to that. Yeah, place. but you can't see anything. And, you know, you know, pornography at that point is next level stuff, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, you're not sitting there. You're not 17 years old and eating a hairy ass. You're not doing that. So, that is that was my question. So there, okay. there you go. Great, great question. I have I have no listener reaction around that. Oh uh, yeah, I got nothing. We're supposed to talk about okay. that beforehand. So okay. So uh, next week's movie. Uh huh. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Three degrees for next week's movie, and I think I like it. Okay, you want the obvious one or the not obvious one? The not obvious one. Okay. And I need a number between one and two. One. Okay. Um, 1.5. No, because you have two movies left. Okay. Uh, Movies one and movies two. Um, Herbert Loam plays the doctor. No, I'm sorry. That's the easy one. I'm sorry. Um, Walken plays John in this week's movie. Walken plays Detective Rizzo. In the Sentinel, Burgess Meredith plays Charles in that film. Meredith plays Amon in next week's movie. Amon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Burgess Meredith. Grumpy old men. Okay, Herbert Loam plays the Doctor in this week's movie. He plays Tigranes in Spartacus. Lawrence Olivier plays Crassus in that film. Olivier plays Zeus in next week's oh, movie. Clash of the Titans? <laughs> Jen's not going to watch Clash of the Titans? Come on. It's got the stupid fucking bird in it. <laughs> yeah. It's a really bad claymation. Yeah. yeah. And I, I have my song that already worked out. It's a Cars okay. tune. Okay. All right. Great. Great. Clash of the Titans. All right. So that means I need to come up with uh, a genre that we haven't done in a while. We have not done any horror films. I don't think in 70 no. some episodes we have not done the a thing. single horror. Eh, is is the, that? Yeah, I, I guess I would say the horror is pro- the, the horror. The thing is probably horror. Aliens, somewhat. Eh, horror, that's horror, horror adjacent. Sci-fi. Yeah. All right. Okay. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Facebook, Betamax Rewind with Matt and Doug, or send us an email, betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. Rate and review on iTunes. Anything would be great. We're at 12 ratings. We have 12 <laughs> five-star ratings. And they're Ooh. all from uh, Wife of Show Jen. <laughs> <laughs> and by how many iTunes accounts does she have? Um and three or four reviews, but you know what? It's it takes you it takes you a second to go in there and just click five stars. That's it, um, and it helps with the algorithm. But uh, yeah, join us next week for Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. We are getting to 
the pointy end of the stick for season five. So, you know, come in for the few remaining songs that Matt has less left to sing. Yes. And uh, that's it. We will talk even, to you I don't soon. Even, I, I don't even know how you have figured out wh- what constitutes a season. Well, I just... just- Make it up as you go well, along. I, I say I'm going to block it off in this many things. I have to pick out this many things. It's like, see, I have a theme this season. I okay. will not have a theme next season. So like, next season could be 10 episodes total. doesn't matter. What's your, and what's your theme this season? That's what you have to figure out. Oh, I do? Oh, yeah, man. yeah. And th- that's why there are three movies left for you. Okay. I'm sorry. There are two movies left for you. There are three movies left for me. And uh-huh. when there are a total of two movies left, because you get two total guesses of what the theme is for the season. And if you get it right, wow, that is going to be a podcast. And if okay. you get it wrong, wow, <laughs> that is going to be a podcast. Okay. Well, I do have veto power, so. I don't know if you can veto that one. Last one uh, so we will talk to you next week for Clash of the Titans. All right. And I love quit you, fiddling. What the f- is that a water bottle? No, it's my Dorito bag. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> my monkey.